Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon and movie ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Of course, I always trust my tingle. Yes. To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. If you're listening to this on Patreon and you're wondering, oh, that's weird. Why are they doing like a whole intro like this is a regular main feed episode? This will be a main feed episode and you're getting it early. If you're listening to this on the main feed, it means that if you were a patron, you could have gotten this episode the weekend that (laughs) Spider-Man No Way Home released. Uh huh. Which is what we're talking about is Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of our stand-in for our like New Year's episode, which always do something a little weird and different for it. Um, And the timing just worked out perfectly because we have a new Spider-Man movie that just came out. Everybody's talking about it. They're talking about it right now as we're recording it. And I'm sure that people will still be talking about it by the time uh, 2022 rolls around because obviously this is a very big movie, big I don't want to say like a big deal, but like in the context of like Marvel stuff and Spider-Man, yeah, it is a big deal. It's definitely doing some absolutely wild shit. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot, a lot of, of thoughts to talk about. This is not a structured conversation at all. No. We're just, we are very fresh from having seen this. I just saw it last night. Doug, you saw it just today, right? Yeah, I I got out of the movie um, less than four hours ago. Oh, so wow. hopefully, hopefully you have maybe some fuller formed thoughts that I can begin to build off of because um, it there's a lot, like you said, it does a lot of things and there's a lot of things to think about and react to. So yeah. I'm still... Still processing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, that's actually, I'm glad about that. Cause yeah, cause there's definitely stuff that I was very unsure about last night that I don't want to say I haven't, I'm still maybe processing a little bit, mm-hmm. but I at least like have more, yeah, fuller opinions or feelings about it now after sort of sure. sleeping on and sitting with it a little bit, but yeah. And I, I haven't looked at anything. Like I had everything muted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually genuinely have no idea how anyone's reacting to this movie. Like, I don't know what anyone thinks about it. It's um, just I've, to throw that out there for anyone listening. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll tell you that I, most of what I've seen has been predominantly very positive, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of a feat because it's because it's doing so much wild and kind of like messy stuff that I, I felt like I kind of would have expected it to be more divisive than it, it seems to be. But people think seem to widely really love it right now. I think generally like outside the realm of like the specifically Spider-Man nerds, I think Spider-Man in general seems to maybe get leeway here and there in places. I feel like people are just frequently excited to have Spider-Man. So I think while it does a lot of things that could be 
divisive or polarizing if ever there were an mcu movie that was going to be like <laughs> hey what if we just did like full-on nostalgia yeah. spider-man was the one that they could get away with. i mean it yeah. also is the only one that has a history long enough to do it yeah but it's i think it's the one that could most easily get away with it as well yeah and that's the, the only the only things that i mean and again like this is it's all still so fresh and i haven't been like digging into like reviews and stuff just sort of very casually what i've seen this weekend from people is that even the sort of more cynical people Hi. are not mad about it like i kind of <laughs> expected like yeah. every i feel like the most cynical takes that i've seen is sort of like this isn't really what i wanted i'm not a huge fan of all the fan service and it feels it doesn't feel like it really works for me but like it's fun and people seem to enjoy it like i mm-hmm. i'm not seeing like fan rage in the way that i really honestly like fully expected to see which is really nice and i think speaks to how this movie does actually considering how much is going on i think it does balance like it does balance the fan service versus like the heart and the coherence of it like i think it's a much more coherent movie than i expected it to be given everything that it's doing um which feels like it's like faint praise and it's not i think it's just like i i that's a, an interesting bar to have to have reached. And I think a lot of other movies that do sort of big, big swings like this are, are going to have trouble keeping it coherent. And then, and this one I think lands in that regard at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's definitely, it doesn't really like go off the rails necessarily. I think, I think in a lot of ways, like my first reaction to a lot of things that were happening was like, that could have been cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and I will say the most, uh, like, amazing pee of my life after that movie because it's two and a half hours long uh and by the end i was like i'm gonna explode like so (laughs) one more chance for us to advocate for movie intermissions yeah i Um, did movie intermissions please especially mcu i nearly walked out so many times but then every time i was like okay here's the moment that i'm gonna walk out it would be like a major major thing i'm like well dang it like i can't I just like couldn't find the right time by yeah. the time I was like, it's too late. Like I'm, I'm going to die. I, I did not make it. I did have to leave, <laughs> but, um, I, I was able to make it through Endgame. I couldn't make it through this. And I think it's just cause I, for Endgame, I literally didn't drink anything all day because yeah. I knew that I was happening and saw a matinee. This uh-huh. one, it was like eight o'clock. I couldn't do that. Um, and I did pick the perfect point. Cause I, I recognized that it was going to become a problem right when the full spoilers ahead everybody oh yeah not that we're necessarily going to drop them all right here but we didn't say it this is not a spoiler free review or a spoiler free episode we're gonna fully spoil everything yeah well we can put that in the show notes yeah go away yeah Yeah. (laughs) And, and i'm serious like i know that with podcasts a lot of times people will listen to something um, that maybe they're not watching along with. If you're listening to a Spider-Man podcast, you presumably like Spider-Man things. Go yeah. see this movie before you listen to us. Oh yeah, I don't even know. I know that people have done spoiler-free episodes on this or in spoiler-free reviews. I have no fucking idea how you could because I'm not interested the, in making spoiler-free reviews as much yeah. as I appreciate that they exist for my own yeah. sake. I just don't know. I don't know how you could. I, I I respect anyone who tries to pull it off because so much of the stuff that it's vital to everything that is vital to like this movie's core are like the things that are the least known about and were the best kept secrets about it. Yeah. So like whatever. Yeah. Full spoilers. I'm very glad that you said that. Um, the point that I picked to pee, I can't believe that that was the, the thing I have to return to right now yeah. um, was when, when did you pee during the latest <laughs> MCU movie? It was when the, 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 some of the villains go to happy's apartment and they work together to cure them. And it was like right at the top of that I... scene. 
wish that's when I had peed. Yeah. Not because nothing, I hated it or anything, but it would have been the best time to do it. Because nothing, nothing was really happening. And I, and luckily yeah. it was a, a, a bathroom right by my theater. So I like basically ran down the hallway. Oh there wasn't anyone around. And then I came back. So I missed like maybe a minute tops. Um, Jealous. The bathroom yeah. on, in my theater was all the way across the theater. Oh God. And by the time I actually was like, all right, I'm going to the bathroom. I couldn't, if I had ran, I would have peed myself. Like I just, it, there was no way. It yeah. just was, I uh, was in pain. The only other time was I think like Thor Ragnarok. I think I made some bad choices and then like also nearly died. But Endgame, yeah, I also fasted before Endgame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we shouldn't have to do. It's just give stupid. us intermissions. Yeah, I would get more snacks. I always I would... eat all my snacks like before the first act of the movie's yeah. over. I would get more. <laughs> and I would legitimately, I know this is this is bananas for me to say, I would literally wait a week to see a movie if you gave me the option to see it with an intermission. Yeah, me too. Like, just let those of us who have weak bladders... Mm-hmm. That can't go three hours. Yeah. I'm <laughs> let sorry. Us, yeah. Not let a, us old people have intermissions. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're staring at right now. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, I did make it. <laughs> thankfully. Congrats. You might have to fill me in. Uh, if, if you, if you saw it, you'll have to fill me in on the beginning of the post credit scene. Uh, Cause I saw the end of it, but that's it. Oh, and hopefully there was only one. Cause if there was more than one, the theater person lied to me. Oh, the last there there is a there is a kind of a post a, a post post credit scene. Oh but my it's, gosh! It's just the trailer for Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. That's like, still kind of a lie. I said, "Is there anything after that?" And he said, "No." Wow! Wow! That sucks. I mean, I would have wanted to see that. Yeah, my bladder was empty. I was ready. It was cool to see it, um, and you'll you can see it online very easily. Yeah. It's not you know, and it's so. Yeah, it, it, it's you'll you'll be able to see it. It's I'm not it's it's not a big deal. Um, for the, no, I'm just mad I was lied to. Yeah, that that blows. <laughs> I trusted that person. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this movie, eh? Yeah. Um, what's the first thing since you're fresher on it? Not yeah. that I saw it a long time ago or anything, but since you literally mm-hmm. just saw it, what's sort of the thing that's sort of sticking in your craw the most, like right at the top of your head right now? I'm well, I mean, I I feel like the very first thing we must address is the Otto Octavius as played by Alfred Molina of it all. Um, And I will say on some episode somewhere, I don't remember where we talked about it or when um, I did say I could see and really hope that in this movie, Otto Octavius ends up being an ally to Spider-Man and or Spider-Man's. And he was, and I was happy to see it. Um, it. And he was great. Unsurprisingly, Alfred Molina. Great. I, I will say of the villains, unsurprising to me alfred molina and willem dafoe fucking murdered it oh they yeah fucking murdered it in a way that i think not all the villains did yeah. and and not necessarily to their fault some of them were barely in it yeah yeah i think that <laughs> but they... those two killed it they they have always taken those roles seriously uh and they came back and took them just as if not more seriously than they did the first time yeah i think so they clearly were Destroyed. having a, a blast being in those roles again. Mm-hmm. I think Willem Dafoe. And they got to, to interact. <laughs> they got to interact. I love them playing off of each other. Yeah. I think Willem Dafoe really enjoyed not having to be in a face in a mask the entire time. Yeah. Because his face. I'm not like a huge like I'm not like a, a Raimi Goblin suit hater or anything. But I do agree with the sentiment that like 
doing anything to mask Willem Dafoe's face acting is like a terrible move because that's yeah. like his one of his best assets. And this mm-hmm. movie like lets him be full on Green Goblin by not being in a Green Goblin Goblin costume. Yeah, uh, which is great. fantastic. Um, and I feel like he had to love that, and I think that that made that made his performance better. So yeah, that was all absolutely. Like, Fabulous move. Um, I guess going down the villains really quick. I think I do think who they probably chose to focus on the most was a smart decision because Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, you knew they were going to be like heavy hitters. And generally, I think everybody like loves them. Um, And I think Jamie Foxx is the other sort of like third lead, I think made sense for I. I think it made sense for like chemistry and like character motivation. I feel conflicted about him and his performance in this movie i agree yeah i strongly agree actually because i i am i am very openly a big fan of electro in amazing spider-man 2 and the performance and the choices they made and jamie fox in that movie right what's really weird though is like when we saw the preview and we saw jamie fox in his new costume with the arc reactor with the new elect electricity mask all that sort of stuff um and just naturally skin like he just had his flesh tone skin like Mm -hmm. i was like oh my gosh they're gonna bring in a different version of electro from somewhere than we saw in amazing spider-man don't care that much about the skin color thing i don't whatever who cares yeah um they actually explained that just fine um but his performance was so different I mean, he wasn't that it felt like he was from a different universe and he wasn't. And that to me kind of took me out a little bit of a yeah. lot of the electro stuff because I was like, I was like, this doesn't like, like Doc Ock felt like the Doc Ock from Spider-Man two mm-hmm. green goblin felt like green goblin from Spider-Man one electro didn't really feel like electro from Spider-Man two or amazing Spider-Man two. And that to me was a little bit of a bummer, even though I'm sure for a lot of people it was a plus. Yeah, I think what was weird is that Jamie Foxx was playing a character in Amazing Spider-Man 2, and in this movie, it seemed like it was just Jamie Foxx just yeah. having fun, which I'm happy for him for having fun. Sure. He's, and, and and he was, like, charming and likable, but he was, like, not acting at all. He was really just <laughs> hanging out. Um, and I do, th- and I will say, too, I don't know a ton of, I haven't, like, looked into, like, a ton of background of this movie, but I was talking with, um, with Chris Cummins, who's been on this podcast before, uh, last night about it, and he said that there was, like, an interview with, like, Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe and, like, Alfred Molina and Dafoe, like, have, you know, there's, like, nuanced things to say about their characters. They love the characters they're playing. And Jamie Foxx was just like, I'm just glad I'm not blue. And I think yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. I think that he probably didn't I, – I don't. he probably doesn't – didn't love his character in Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though I think he did a reasonably good job in it. Um, and probably to come back, he was just like, I don't want to do that nerd shit. I just want to, like, hang out and be and be Jamie Foxx. And it's probably the only way they could get him back, is my I guess. I know, and that's what's <laughs> such a bummer. The thing that frustrates me, though, is, like, Jamie Foxx, their nerd shit is what impressed me. Yeah. Like, the character that you played is what was so impressive to me. But whatever. <laughs> it's funny because, like, It's they... also hard because then you have Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man interacting with him and building and, like, working off of the relationship they had mm-hmm. in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but then they don't feel like the same two characters. Like, Andrew Garfield slipped right back into being oh, his Peter I have Parker. many so then... things to say about Garfield. We'll get to that. Sure, <laughs> sure. So then, but then when you have him, I only bring him up to say then when you have the two of them interacting with each other... Um, it just, it didn't feel the same, but ultimately I like the choices they made story-wise and narratively for Electro. 
um, which I think is what you were getting at when yeah. you brought it up in the first place. I like the way that he played into things. I actually really like that he was sort of the um, like it. He kind of felt a little bit like the electros I've liked so far. This sort of like conflicted. I'm a god now. What do I do with that? Like wrestling with that idea. Like they they put that into this movie too, mm-hmm. um, and I, I I appreciated that. Yeah, I think his role as like the villain who like the, pretty much I think one thing this movie has fun with is like the idea that all of the previous Spider-Man villains have pretty much been tragic villains. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's sort of the one that is also a tragic villain, but one where his life did his his, his confidence in himself did improve when he became a supervillain. Like he, yeah. he I wouldn't say he was a better person, obviously, but like probably to him he he's going to be one of the few villains where it's like not like sad that he turned to a life of villainy. It's just sort of like, I don't know. I feel like I'm cool now, so I don't want to lose my power. And I think having Mm -hmm. that role um, in, in this villain group, I think was really important. Um, Like you have that with like the lizard too, a little bit, but even that's sort of the weird split personality. But that would, yeah, I guess that's, it's interesting <laughs> it to you talk have, about lizard <laughs> yeah because you have like the three main villains and then you have lizard and sandman who are sort of on the back burner and yeah. i really think for both of them i feel like it part of it was like they couldn't they couldn't get those actors to like be on set maybe like because thomas hayden church clearly is not ever on set with these actors he's like doing voiceover and you briefly see him yeah and you, you briefly see i was him beginning to wonder if he if we were ever going to actually see his face yeah and it's like clearly it was just like somewhere and they just green screened him in because he never actually interacts with anyone outside of like sand form that's like never commented on to explain which is fine doesn't have to be but it is sort of like telling like oh the people that are literally there are mm-hmm. the ones that have the main roles and then lizard doesn't even i was even wondering if it was um this uh, i forget his name reese ethan's iphans i was even wondering if it was like the same actor for a while <laughs> i was beginning to wonder if he was going to talk and they sort of yeah. made a joke about it but yeah yeah and i, I wasn't think, even sure was the shot of his face even from a new shoot or did was it, it look like it was just from amazing spider-man it fully looked like it was from amazing spider-man yeah and i i if my i i when I saw it, I was like, that doesn't look like it's from this movie. It looks like it's from Amazing Spider-Man. But I was like, I don't know. My memory is bad enough that like I like I like those movies and don't even know what shot it is. But yeah. like I could guess, I suppose. Like, I, I don't know. Something about it was very off. <laughs> I wondered that too, um, potentially even with Thomas Hayden Church. But I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't tell with that um, because it was that also was so brief. Yeah. But for both of them, it's just because they're not even they're not even listed in like the the main end credits like you don't even see their names until like Oof. you know the, the actual scrolling credits so i think that they probably didn't get paid nearly as much as anyone else did and mm-hmm. maybe they didn't really want to come back and do very much so just like sure give me a big check and i'll i'll do some voiceover there you go <laughs> do what you will with so, that okay can i ask you a question about that if if they I, I understand the compulsion to want to get all of the the original actors for the villains back i totally get it mm-hmm. but at the point at which you are faced with folks who don't want to come back maybe mm-hmm. um or circumstances that don't allow you to bring all five of the original actors back mm-hmm. would it be do you think it would be fine if you're featuring three of the original actors anyway to rework in some way or recast um lizard and sandman and either just 
recast them and, and relegate them to the small role they kind of already play, or even just make the argument that we've already split open the universe. These are familiar enough to Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire that they know who they are, but they might not be the exact versions of them. Eh, I don't know if I agree with that because I think that... Oh, I'm asking. I don't know how I feel about it either. I don't like it because I do like... I love structure and stuff. And I think just the fact that there's one villain from each previous Spider-Man movie before the MCU is just like so clean and nice that I think that that's important. And I think it'll be too confusing if you got a Sandman and Lizard that aren't the Sandman and Lizard from the previous Spider-Man movies when every when the other three villains are from previous Spider-Man movies. I think that that would be a little too messy. And I think I would rather do what they did where it's just sort of like they're in the movie enough to have a presence, even if it's not as elevated mm-hmm. as the other characters. And it's noticeable that they're not in the movie as much, but I'd rather have them there in this like sort of more minor capacity than than to like recast them or do not at all. Because um, I And I think that that they're the only ones that really make sense too. like, I don't think you could do, I don't think it would make sense to do Eddie Brock venom from Spider-Man three or Harry Osborn from Spider-Man three. Um, I mean, not, I don't think they'd want to get James Franco and venom's probably tied up with weird Sony rights and stuff for their own movies too. So Sandman was going to be the only option for that movie. And I think that he fulfills, even though he's not in the movie a lot, I think he does fulfill a good role in it Mm -hmm. at certain points for being the one villain who's like, not actually a villain at all. Like, and, yeah. and I think I, that's actually I, while we're talking about him, that's kind the thing. Of. I, one of the things that I like about him a lot, I like about a lot is that right off the bat, it's like, Oh no, he's like basically a good guy. Um, the only, the, and, and the only thing that I don't really like about what they do with him is that I think that they do kind of make his turn to like villainy, I guess a little too force where it's just like, he just suddenly doesn't believe that they're going to send him home. So now he's like fighting with other supervillains. Though I guess it is kind of uncharacter because Spider-Man 3, he was just very easily swayed to just murder people mm-hmm. by the end of the movie too. So I don't know. Um, I, I like the idea. I like the I, I like the attention to detail of keeping him like a nice guy right off the bat. It just would have been nice to spend more time with him because I love Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman and that version of Sandman a lot. But yeah, it is what. Yeah, it is. I I also like that they had him be a good guy from the get go. I also would I think have been fine with and maybe have even preferred if he largely stayed a good guy. Yeah. Um. I also okay. Were you expecting Amazing Spider-Man's Harry Osborn to be in this movie? No, I think the people. No, no I think people. I think it was it it it, I, it felt clear to me once we got the once all the five villains were like had appeared that mm-hmm. they were picking one villain from each previous movie and. I think enough people don't like <laughs> Harry yeah. Goblin. The only reason I ask is because there were five <laughs> villains and Spider-Man is so famously up against six. Yeah. So. I I think we were thinking Sinister Six because that would make a lot of sense and it would yeah. have been easy to just like throw Vulture in or something like that. Um, but Ooh. yeah, I think it would have been easy. I wouldn't but have been mad at that, honestly. I wouldn't have been mad about it. I think Because I also don't think that the villains... Like, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I also appreciate the fact that there's one villain per movie. I also don't think it would get immediately messy if they didn't follow that specifically. Like, I would be, I think, okay with them um, throwing in a sixth villain either from this MCU universe or from 
an unknown universe or something. Like, I don't think that would necessarily gum everything up, especially because they already had two villains that weren't doing a ton or or one villain that wasn't doing a ton. I guess Sandman does quite a bit, at least early on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I would love to have seen more from Sandman, but he does have a role in the beginning. It's just sort of by the end, he's kind of sort of relegated to special effects more than anything else with a sort of tenuous rationalization. But I guess at least by that point, it's been so chaotic that it's sort of like, I don't know, the dude's probably just stressed out and annoyed and just, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't give a shit anymore. It just wants to go home. I get that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The lizard is, is the real weird uh, kind of whiff I think of the villains and I think they just genuinely didn't know what to do with him um, I think they could have just made I know this I, I, I can see the immediate argument that this would be a disservice but at the point at which you can't get Riza Fons or however you say his name there I think it's okay to just make Lizard sort of in rage mode at that point I know he was never fully in rage mode mm-hmm. in his own movie but it's, they, it's it's easy yeah. to buy. Like I, it sounds terrible, but it's easy to buy based on his design, based on him compared to the other villains in the room. He's the only one that really looks like a monster. So like, if you just keep him kind of monstrous, I think that would be okay. Yeah. If they, they, they casually explained a redesign for Electro and he's, his personality kind of swapped without much of an explanation. It's just, mm-hmm. just different now. Cause he wanted to be, they could have done the same thing with lizard, like a casual, like, oh, I guess slipping through the, uh, slipping yeah. through the universe just, uh, made his lizard brain fully take over or something like that. You know? Yeah. His um, lizard instincts. Cause he's in a new place. It's fight or flight and he's ready to fight. Yeah. Whatever. Personally, I wish they also would have taken the opportunity to like redesign him a little bit and make him look a little cooler. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 but yeah, I agree. I guess they just, it's weird. Um, I, I, I mean, it's like if, if they had to have one of the five villains have the most minimal role, I guess I'm happiest with it being Lizard um, out of these five just because, like, not that he was a bad villain in Amazing Spider Man or anything, but I guess he is probably the least interesting out of the four of them, maybe. Like, by the end of that movie he was just a scientist who wanted to turn people into lizards you know like there's not much more you could do with that in this movie anyway in his own in his own movie sure but there's a lot of potential in having a lizard from a different universe there especially if toby Maguire's spider-man learns that that lizard is dr connor's so like there is things they there is stuff they could have done with that but i agree with you that of the ones that and he's a scientist and they they do they make that matter in this in this uh, movie as far yeah. as like villains being scientists, um, but I agree with you. Like just personally, like gut reaction, right? Not thinking about how you could write the story. Just like if I had to rank which villains I wanted to see the most of, I mean, he would be at the bottom of the list of these five villains. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. What do you think of the uh, the very brief sort of like goblin esque identity? Mr. I mean, we knew who it would was going to be, but what did you think of them even acknowledging that sort of like, it can't be, it can't be him. So is it somebody else? Oh, <laughs> like with Dr. Pick, Octopus? Didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> I thought that's what they were kind of going for. Cause I was like, it would be huh. interesting if, if they drew that out a little bit longer than they ultimately did. Since, you know, most, most introductions to Green Goblin end up having yeah. some component of that 
identity mystery. That's kind of fun. And we've seen it sort yeah. of transformed in a, in a couple different ways. And we've talked plenty about how you do that when everybody already knows it's typically Norman. Huh. Um, and I think they actually set up the perfect scenario for them to play with that with Otto Octavius knowing that Norman had died and yeah. not establishing fully yet that it that they could be pulled from like different times. Yeah. See, uh, for you know? me, I guess I was thinking too much of like, oh, this is them acknowledging that they're pulled from different time periods because that's them very clearly stating Otto Octavius knew that Norman Osborn has died. And we as the audience already know that that's the old Norman Osborn from sure. Spider-Man 1. So that's like the movie fully establishing that these villains are not going to be coming from like the same timeline. Um, but I, I, guess, I like your interpretation of it, though. That is kind of cool. I didn't think about that. But that that makes sense that there is a little also, bit of a mystery behind it. It also comes from a place where I was open to and not I, – I was open to the idea of them – playing with the multiverse more than they ultimately did. Yeah. And so it, it from where I was walking into the movie, it literally could have been somebody else, even though I knew production-wise it obviously wasn't going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I should have known they weren't going to. Like, I, I do still think that there is something sort of um, limiting in the fact that I, I, I get from a, a specific individual movie writing standpoint and, like, considering the amount of people who are going to see this movie and the span of time that these, the the whole Spider-Man saga covers, I I definitely understand why they kept it solely to like, these are the three Peter Parkers, you know, these are all villains you've seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think like universe wise, there is something sort of limiting to have only, only acknowledged uh, the stuff we've already seen kind of in the same way that like, (laughs) if you think of like, um, I guess any long-term story, Power Rangers might be a good example, right? Like there's certain stuff that they'll, they'll do like, I guess this is any comics. You'll do like a big event and then introduce like new characters that theoretically like always existed in some way, shape or form, but then they just weren't there yet. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I'm not saying like... they had to do that or anything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying I, I should have known that they would keep it within the bounds. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason I walked into it with like a much more open, sort of um, not expectation. I, I, I wasn't expecting them to, but yeah. I was open to, uh, I think more than I should have realized they were going to do. Well, I mean, I think cause the marketing kind of led us in the direction that it's like a multiverse universe, cosmic breaking thing when it was yeah. really like one action sequence with cool Dr. Strange effects. And then for the most part, it's just like, a hunt and uh, like a, a, a hunt and track down and chase movie, like track down mm-hmm. one by one villain movie essentially. Um, which, but, but I actually, I see what you're saying and I kind of went into it with similar expectations to you, but I think what ended up impressing me about the movie is that because they did contain it so much to things that we as audiences are already familiar with is that I think a, it sets it apart further from into the spider-verse which is more about expanding and introducing yeah, the all the infinity new characters. of it all yeah and this and and b i think it does keep this a lot more clean and a lot more um a lot more I don't know, just sort of uh it keeps it a lot more like closed in in a way that i think makes it uh it keeps it more focused on like tom holland's character as a story um at the core of it, you know, like I think that putting those limitations on it ended up making it less messy than it would have been if they did start to have like bringing in like fun other spider characters that are making their first live action appearance, you know, like. Oh, and I don't I don't 
I don't even mean that necessarily. Oh. I just mean like acknowledgement of. Sure. Like uh, th- I was they really fully... don't even acknowledge the fact that like like they bring in two other Peters and everyone's like, whoa, there are other other Peters. Mm-hmm. But no one really like goes down the road. I guess they do I guess you do have the one moment where um uh you know a character's like maybe there's a black spider-man out there somewhere it's jamie fox who says it right like yeah so they do kind of acknowledge that but that's you know it's a joke for us knowing that miles exists which i really thought there was going to be a like a miles post-credit scene or something like that you thought there was going to be i didn't think there was until i was literally in the movie and for some reason i was there and i was just like i think they could pull it off i think that they could pull off a miles appearance in this there was There was a point in the movie where I was like, where I had sort of a similar reaction where I was like, wait a second, this actually could be the perfect way for them to introduce a Miles into this universe. And I I don't, I wasn't expecting it and I wasn't thinking like that they were going to do it, but I was Mm -hmm. like, that had to have been a thing they thought about at some point. Yeah. Um, But I do think then it gets further away from the idea that like, here's the thing, this movie is, it is largely... It is largely nostalgic and fan servicey, yeah. and I, I that's that's not inherently a bad thing, mm-hmm. especially when you know that's what they're doing yeah. for the reason they're doing it. I only say that to say like, when you start to do what I'm doing and you're thinking like outside the limits of what we already know, you can easily like cut off those threads because you're like, well, no, this movie isn't that. It is largely a nostalgia and fan service movie. Um, so like, they're not going to introduce all these other things. Yeah. Like they're only going to go so far as to reference Miles Morales in a very vague way so that people who are in the know get the joke. Yeah. 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 And then that joke doesn't confuse anybody along the way. You know, I think, I think keeping it, you know, this movie wouldn't exist without fan service. Like at at its core, no matter what it does well or doesn't do well, it only exists because it's sort of like, let's acknowledge all the fan service and make fan service the movie. I think that they do a good job with that and still build a good story around it. But at its core, it started out as a fan service thing. Right. Um, But I think they mostly do a good job with it. Sure. Sure. I I, I think they sometimes slip and the fan service does get in the way a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think most of the time it's great. yeah, Yeah. I think, right. I think it's more hits than misses. And I think the misses like don't really matter that much. Most of the time it's like, Oh, you referenced a meme and that doesn't make sense, but all right, whatever. Um, like, but yeah, I think like at its, at its core, that's what it starts out to be. Um, but I think that if, yeah, as long as you acknowledge, I don't remember where I, why I started saying this, but it's sort of like, if you acknowledge that and that, that's what the movie is and sort of take it as it is from that, from that point of view, I think it sort of helps like, helps the expect helps your expectations of it a little mm-hmm. bit um or not i guess not, i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying about that anymore i guess no, it's just I, sort I think, of like, no 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 i'll, I'll jump so off many... that because i think it does help your expectations because you and i had a conversation on on our patreon where i like you reframed my expectations right to say like think of it as uh, an exciting opportunity to see all these characters interact right like even if you're not even if you don't think it's going to be like a quote good movie or even if it's not what you want, like be excited for the fact that you're going to get to see these characters that never interacted before interact and just see what that's like. Like, and that actually helped me in the movie because there were times where I was like, I was like, Oh no, it's doing a little bit of the stuff I was worried about. And then I would be like, yeah, but remember like Otto Octavius and, and freaking Max Dillon are interacting right now. And that's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think it helps sort of temper um, some kinds of expectations, depending on what kinds of expectations you go in with. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, and if you, if you're like, 
Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if you're looking for, like, a grounded, low-key Spider-Man fights a villain story, this obviously is never what this movie ever was going to be, and you're just not going to get it, and you just kind of have to have to take it or leave it from there. Um, but I think that, you know, if you're – I do think that that it is worth acknowledging, like, sort of the feat that this movie is. I think we talked about that on, our, on the mm-hmm. Patreon episode that we did, that it's like, this is a, kind of a thing that no movie has ever done before in terms of this – sort of like multi-continuity franchise crossover. And like, I think that there are people who would really kind of scoff or or bristle at that, where it's just sort of like, God, it feels like you're thinking of it in such like corporate, like IP terms. And it's like, I mean, yeah, but that doesn't make it it any less. That is largely what makes it impressive though. That's exactly what makes it impressive. Yeah. Like no movie. Because anytime you even get slightly behind the scenes and you think about like, like we were talking about before we started recording, like why can't I watch all Spider-Man shows on Disney plus? Yeah. Like that's exactly what makes this movie so impressive. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want every movie to go in that direction. No. Certainly. And I do think I'd like that for this a, to be the one personally, yeah, I think that there's 100. Yeah. Cause anytime I've seen people like even not even with this, even after into the spider verse where it's a sort of like, what other superhero would you want to have an into the spider verse, like crossover None. kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not the thing that I liked about that movie. Like I liked what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked like the sort of art direction and the way that they handle these characters. I don't need a Superman version of that or a Batman version of that. Like maybe if you, tr- if you did found a way to do it differently, I guess, but well, and there's I, nothing that's not that, what I need. <laughs> there's nothing that says that would inherently be a bad thing either. I think actually looking into the spider verse and this movie, and they don't necessarily need to be compared because they're not trying to do the same thing, which I'll, like, this is not a spider verse movie. That's, that's yeah. what I was most worried about. Right. Yeah. It was like, it's sort of stealing a bit of the spotlight from into the spider verse which is still one of the best if not the best superhero movie ever made mm-hmm. um certainly the best spider-man one in my opinion sure. it's fighting with spider-man 2 constantly right um like it uh i think that movie is sort of an incredible movie like not not despite the fact that it's a spider-verse movie but like like you said the spider-verse of it all the fact that there's six spider folk in that movie isn't what makes it good. It's like just a really good freaking story. Like that's the impressive thing about that movie. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the like, just holy shit, they pulled this movie off is the impressive stuff. Cause I don't yeah. think this is like the most impressive story the MCU has ever told. No, like, by any stretch. <laughs> it's similar to Endgame, Honestly, like a lot of people have compared it to that way where like a lot of that movie was sort of like the feat of having so that's a good characters. comparison, actually, because yeah. Endgame is largely like an homage to what the saga had done. Yeah. And I think this is largely it's still it's a little weird because it still exists in a continuity that will continue, although I right. can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, um, the, it, it it is sort of an homage to the eight Spider-Man movies that we've had in live action. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, I don't know, it does. It feels neat. it feels like a, uh, a Doctor Who like like 50th anniversary yeah, like crossover yeah. thing, right? That's a great way to think about it, actually. Because it is, I think it is like the 20th anniversary of Spider-Man 1 coming up like in 2022, right? That came out in mm-hmm. 2002. And it's like the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man in general this year, isn't it? That was 61 or 60. Three, I don't know. I it's don't coming remember. up in a couple years, I believe. Yeah, so it's it's around that time, right? It's it's. I guess for the movies, it makes sense. It's like the 20th anniversary this coming year. So like, I think it does make sense. It's sort of like we're just celebrating all the fucking Spider-Man movies we've had, and they've all been wildly different interpretations of Spider-Man, but all all co- all have come out in a very 
relatively short time scale compared to mm-hmm. most long running characters. So you're that have had able to do this. So you're able you to do this. You wouldn't be able to do it as easily with a yeah. Batman live action. And you, you know, uh, like and you couldn't do it with Superman. <laughs> like it would be impossible because yeah. Christopher Reeve has died, died already right. a long time ago. So like it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's like, this Just is the very, fact one that of the this is even things. possible. The fact that this is even possible. Yeah. That's why it's sort of like, it feels like a doctor who thing when it's sort of like, let's bring, uh, bring in multiple doctors, multiple mm-hmm. companions, make a bunch of cool references, have them team up in a cool special and then they move on from there and it may or may not be part of the main story it doesn't really matter it feels like that and again not everyone wants that from a spider-man movie but i think is like just sort of a cool special event that is a really neat thing that again is not a thing that movies have ever done before yeah don't need to continue doing it all the time yeah um but it's cool that it happened I mean, I don't want that from a Spider-Man movie. I didn't yeah. want that from a Spider-Man Me movie. Too. But I yeah. think this movie is cool. Like, I think the best way that I'm going to move forward describing this movie is, like, it was really fun and it was really cool, like, yeah. what they managed to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that is, you know, it's it's hard because there are some properties that that's good enough for me all the time. And then there are other properties where it, like, isn't good enough for me. And there's no reason that those things can't, sometimes overlap with each other you know what i mean yeah yeah. um and it's funny because anytime i go to see a marvel cinematic universe movie or really any sort of superhero universe movie or a star wars movie um, or something like that like i typically say like all i need to do is have fun and that's enough for me like star wars plenty of those movies aren't good but they're all fun like and i (laughs) like them all you know like every one of them even the ones that are sometimes a drag to get through I still yeah. like them. And I walk away from this movie with that same feeling. Like it was fun. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's not the same. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely not the same feeling as when I watch of Spider-Man movies that I really like where it's just like, feels like I've had a good cinematic experience mm-hmm. in like an art way. Um, but it, in terms of like a cinematic an entertainment experience it definitely meets that and that's yeah. definitely kind of what it's going for although and it if does you're surprise a production me. dork i'm sure there's plenty that will eventually mm-hmm. come about uh, come out about you know just what it took to pull this off oh yeah and, and honestly it i think there is still a lot of heart to this movie that i honestly wasn't really expecting um that that we can sort of dig into sure. a little more too so uh but yeah yeah um I, before we kind of get into that, I guess the other the, the, talked about the villains. The other like a big thing uh, mm-hmm. is the other two Spider-Man people. And yeah, I, I wasn't say, sure when we were going to like drop that part. <laughs> yeah, I think we just should um, because it's important. Uh, and I think the thing that's actually kind of stuck in my mind, that's been the thing I took away from it the most weirdly is that Andrew Garfield fucking killed it. He's so... Yeah. He's so good in Look, this. And that's not a surprise. He was he's always good and he was good in his movies, but like he like I don't want to say he stole the show cuz this is still very much Tom Holland's movies, movie, but like every scene he was in, it's sort of like that dude is fucking magnetic and was clearly having such a blast being Look, in that Spider-Man suit again. He there has been sort of a, and I don't know why, it, it always happens a little bit every once in a while, but I think in the anticipation for this movie, with so many people re-watching all the movies, there has been sort of a reinvigoration of the actually Andrew Garfield was fucking amazing in those movies yeah. sentiment among people who maybe never had it before or forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie just proves it, and honestly, this is not going to happen, but if they, if Sony just decided like, 
what if Andrew Garfield was the Spider-Man in the sort of like horror villain universe? And then <laughs> oh Tom God. Holland was the Spider-Man in his universe. Like, I don't even think people would be that mad about no, it. No, I think people would Because he that. is so good. And he yeah. was so good in this movie. Um, and he's just, I, I will say, I was very impressed with how well the three of them all worked off of each other. Yes. And like, there were times where the villains were bantering with each other that I didn't think were working very well. Yeah. Yes. Um, but every single time the Peters bantered off of each other, I was here for it. And they even had a scene that was like by all like objective measurements far too long of a banter sequence. Uh-huh. And I didn't care. I was like, this is just too good. Like the moment where they're bantering as they wait for the villains to show up with, yeah, with like no the business and the being as long stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. Zero so business being as long as it did. And I could have taken, you know, 30 more minutes of it. They, yeah. they, all three of them were genuinely really good with each yeah. other. And that, I think just I I think anybody could have been concerned with that because they haven't yeah. acted against each other, you know. Yeah, they and have they really all good were the chemistry. stars of their own movies. They have really good chemistry, and I think it could be the writing. It could be the writing plus um, plus you know the actors sort of bringing their own knowledge of the characters mm-hmm. that they played to it. But I think that they all, I think that the movie did a really good job of making it very clear why these three Peter Parkers are very distinct from each other. They yeah. all bring extremely different energies that still felt very in character to who they were. It didn't feel like they had to like, oh, well, we're just going to like tweak this Peter to make him more of the dad figure or something like that. Like, no, who they were feels like slightly older versions than who they were before. Yeah. But yet they still were, were kind of filling very specific roles. Like you have Tom Holland, who's sort of like young, but who actually surprisingly is in like a good leadership position because of being the well, only one who works in a team. Who he's has worked seen in the team. most shit. He's seen the most shit. Yeah. So it's sort of like this young kid who is still learning and is looking up to these other people, but who actually arguably has more experience than they do. So mm-hmm. kind of has like a lot of this interesting uh, baggage uh, behind him. Um, and then, and then you have like Toby, who's like this more like kind of quiet, steady, like energy. Um, that's sort of like a, a much more like calming force. And they sort of use that at repeated points in the movie. They use and it really well. They use and it I love really that well. they allow him to be that sort of older calming figure for yeah. both of the other two Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, it makes like, sense the, because both his of the, Peter... those two, like Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire don't exist in this movie solely to interact with Tom Holland. Yeah. All three of them interact with each other and all of them get moments with each other. It's yeah. very cool. Well, like, and like, cause and it makes sense because Toby's Peter was never like a quipper in his movies. He was never mm-hmm. very funny, um, which yeah. is always like a criticism. But then when you have, but then it works in this movie because he's played against two Spider-Men who are very quippy. And you have Andrew Garfield, who's like the quippiest of Spider-Men, the yeah. very sort of like self-deprecating, like, uh, oh my self, God. so self-deprecating to a hilarious oh. extent. Toby um, McGuire's Peter telling Andrew Garfield's Peter, he's got to work on his self-talk. <laughs> One, hilarious and two i felt that on a deeply spiritual level <laughs> yeah Doug, like, you're amazing these, you're these, amazing and you're see, amazing that oh my god that and the and them trying to like ask questions tastefully about his organic webbing <laughs> like it was all really good and it made me laugh very yeah. genuinely and none of it felt like it was ham-fisted right um or shoot in it really was a, a brilliant example of a 
three characters who by all accounts shouldn't interact with each other, what would it be like? I mean, right. I, I, it's, 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 it's the reason people write fan fiction. Honestly, yeah. it's because we want to know, like we want to explore those ideas and we want to imagine what would Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man ask Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man the moment he finds out that, that he has organic webbing. We've all yeah. wondered. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the thing I was going to say is that when you say it sounds like fan fiction, I've seen people write scenes like this on the internet of for course. years. Because this, this exact organic web, shooting, web shooter conversation has happened before. So and it's sort of like I could almost see someone feel kind of weird about that where it's sort of like, but so you're just sort of like, like your fun internet conversations, you're just in a movie. And it's like, but yeah, like yeah. It's, it's all what imaginary. other movie does that? It's honestly. all imaginary, and there's going to be more Spider-Man movies. So, like, if this isn't what you're here for, then you're going to have another yeah. one that probably is more of what you're here for. So, this move, there is space for a movie that is basically just fan fiction. Like, right. I'm fine with that, and they're not going to do it for the next Spider-Man movie. Hopefully, I don't want them to. Oh, I hope this is the one time they no do way it. They could, <laughs> right? So it's sort of like you get your movie that's all the fucking fan fiction come to life. And they do some some cool things with it. Mm-hmm. It still ends up mattering in the end because there is still it some does. pretty massive changes to 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 the characters uh, by the end of it, right? So yeah. it's not like it's a pointless excursion either. It's just like here's a movie where we're going to have fan fiction on screen. You're gonna have it. Okay, cool. Next yeah. Spider-Man. If you don't like it, next Spider-Man movie. If you do like yeah. it, you've got what you've wanted for years. Yeah, like, you've currently got eight other ones you can watch, and yeah, you've got four yeah. more guaranteed. Like. They've yeah. already said it, you know. Yeah, I don't know who I'm arguing with, but I just like as I was watching. No, somebody out like, there is somebody out there is using fan fiction in a derisive way to describe this movie. Yeah, and fuck that person. I don't like them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they don't like me. So yeah, it's a fucking Spider-Man movie. Like, <laughs> chill out. Um, For real. Yeah, there will be others. There, they but, will never stop making them. <laughs> it'll, yeah, it'll be the, fine. This is I know we're gonna have a fourth movie. Spider-Man. Get ready for it, Peter. The, this Tom Holland isn't the last Peter Parker we see in our lifetimes. No, <laughs> so not. get absolutely buckle up. Um, um, but yeah, the, the Spider-Man, the Spider-Men, uh, or as they said in this movie in particular, Spider-Mans, yeah. uh, were incredible. Only thing I, I would have liked more of with the Spider-Mans was if you're already giving me fan service, give me way more of the three of them doing cool Spider-Man shit together because That's true, yeah. by far the thing that geeked me the most was when they were swinging together and so one cool. of them swung the other two around on momentum. So like, fucking cool. Oh my God. I That moment, I was like, why are we not all cheering right now? That was yeah. incredible. And not it was a nothing enough. moment. It was literally them just jumping off of the scaffolding. But it, it was so cool. Yeah, fucking cool And they were on shit. scaffolding. They could have done so much cool stuff together. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. stuff they did was cool. Don't get me wrong. I just... I'm just saying, like, if you're already giving us fan service, if you're already giving us, like, a three-minute-long conversation of the three of them just, like, shooting the shit, like, (laughs) give me absolutely egregious Spider-Man gymnastics. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. That that stuff is hella cool. Would have loved to see more of it. Oh, my God. Especially Um, now that they can. I mean, the stuff that we, like, the stuff that we don't really get to see with the Raimi trilogy and and, and didn't need in that trilogy. It's incredibly made, right? mm -hmm. But the stuff that they couldn't have pulled off um, they could have pulled off here similarly to the stuff they couldn't have pulled off. And again, shouldn't have with doc Ock, they do pull off here. Right. So yeah, they, they could have played with it a little bit more. I would have been fine with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the other thing with the Spider-Man too, I think individually, I think they do a really neat job of kind of showing 
giving well for one giving them some like cool fun moments of closure especially with andrew garfield um that alone okay so like not necessarily closure but at least sort of like acknowledgement like the idea that both of them have lived lives since their movies were over i think is is just very nice because it's sort of like yeah they kept going even though we didn't see movies come out with them right like that's really nice to acknowledge that they've continued living um but like less so for toby but you know even him acknowledging like like, you know, I'm trying to do like I'm trying to do better, um, mm-hmm. which I know is like a reference to, I think, lines that he had with Spider-Man in, in Spider-Man 2 to, to Otto. But also like his whole demeanor, I think, really does feel like it is coming out of Spider-Man 3 where he did a lot of bad shit. And it's just sort of like he's been constantly sort of living his life well, trying to improve himself and literally do better. You know, they don't see it, that. They don't say he's married with kids with Mary Jane or whatever. Yeah. It's just sort of like we're, we work it out. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And it really shows that they knew everyone was going to be rewatching the spider-man movies before yeah. this yeah so the last the last bit of toby Maguire you saw was was Rock him bottom, gonna basically. need yeah him needing to reckon with everything he just did yeah and it feels like that and with andrew garfield you know obviously those movies had so so much has so much baggage that was never able to be dealt yeah. with because of the cliffhanger but oh. i like i just the did fucking you cry? did you cry <laughs> did you cry when he, when he caught her when he caught her i don't yeah i teared up uh, I cried for sure. It I cried just, so much, but I just cry in movie theaters all the time now. That's just that's just my way of aging. I there think. was a moment that I definitely did get very emotional. I'll get to that later, but that you know that that moment did hit me, and I think because I wasn't, it's sort of like you could sort of see it coming, right? Like as soon as she falls, Tom Holland doesn't catch her. They cut to Andrew Garfield. It's sort of like oh, they're gonna reference it, right? And yeah, but I never what, would have expected right. them to do it. Well, I thought what they would, I thought what they were gonna do was that he was gonna catch her and then like. It was going to be like, I don't know, they, they, it would be like, I didn't think they were going to dwell on it in the way that they did, I think is what it was. I thought that he would catch her, maybe it'll be a fun reference, somebody will make a quip or something like that. But the fact that he catches her extremely elegantly, oh. it's very clear that he has been going through that in his mm-hmm. head for years of what he could have done, and then he executes it perfectly. Oh, and, and is then like, pauses, asks if she's okay, yeah. cries, she asks if he's okay, like... I just lost yeah. my shit entirely. It's like he finally, he finally got, he finally got the moment to like relive that Ugh. and do it the right way. And it's just like, I never, I never would have expected that to happen in this movie. No. And it's, I, I really. And I wasn't looking for it either. I'm, I'm going to be no, totally honest. I wasn't looking for Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker and Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker to have been further developed in this movie. Yeah. I, I wasn't they looking just, for I, it. I don't know it's, if it's what I necessarily like needed or wanted, but the things they did do, I really appreciated that they did do. And that I think is like the peak of it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm so, I think that that made it feel more worthwhile because I really expected they were just going to kind of keep, keep things vague. They weren't going to make, they may were making some fun references, but they wouldn't directly reference stuff where they were just because they didn't want to confuse people or something. Right. But like, mm-hmm. no, they acknowledge like audiences are smart enough to know these people have lived lives after these movies that you are familiar, like many people are intimately familiar with. So why not capitalize on that and further mm-hmm. them as characters? And so like to sort of, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far to say that they like complete arcs that were, that were, you know, un, that were uncompleted. Right. But to at least like sort of move arcs along and bring them to a different place by the end of the movie than, the, mm-hmm. than they were at the start is kind of incredible given that they don't have a lot of screen time and that I don't think anyone was really expecting that to happen. Yeah. Um, so those little moments like, like Garfield's Peter uh. being able to relive the worst moment of his life and do it and, and, and do it the right way. 
Um, God, I'm so glad they did so that. It's so powerful. I, that yeah. might be my favorite moment of the entire movie. I know I that, that, think so too. I, it, but, it, it's, it's so good. I'm telling you. I, again, I don't know why you're an hour into this podcast if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> but I'm just, it is, it hit me so hard. And I think part of it was because, you know, I saw I saw MJ falling and I was like, we're doing this again. Yeah. And then, yep. the yeah, the moment that, that, that Tom Holland's Peter misses, I'm like, oh shit, like... Oh my god! And then it just like all it all hit me. And then yeah, the 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 moment on the ground was just yeah, oh. it, perfect. And my that is cons- luxury cinema right there. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's like, but I that's got also everything like out of that. I think that that's like the perfect counterpoint to the the argument that fan service is bad or whatever, because that is like being able to sort of bring that up is a fan service thing, right? Like bringing Andrew Garfield in and then sort of like referencing a past movie that didn't, did not necessarily have to have any impact on this movie. It's pure Mm -hmm. fan service, but it creates like a really human moment of uh, a really human moment, a really great like resolution of a story and character beat that we never saw any resolution of previously. And like, let's, let's a character have a really, kind of very full authentic human emotion on screen Mm -hmm. that we connect to. Like that's a thing that only would have happened in this movie because this movie was trying to do fan service. Yeah. And I think it's really beautiful. (laughs) I agree with you. I I, I think it's, it's, it's actually, it's a similar, but I think way like heavier moment um, than, and this was already a heavy moment, but it's like similar to into the spider verse when Peter sees an alive, like, like processes, alive Gwen and MJ and like the the things we see him go through, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I think it's, it's that, but like on a, on a, like a really deep, like painful, but also cathartic level in this movie. Can you imagine like Zendaya is a great actor, but like, can you imagine acting against Garfield in that moment? Oh my God. Like, I just, I don't, I'm glad that she's as good as she is. I know. Because he was incredible in that moment. His I, ability to say so much without saying anything I know. is honestly he's just a, out of this world. He's an incredible physical actor he like, is. in general. Um, and his Peter was still there in all of his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. All of his mannerisms I love so much. They're so unique to him. Like, like Tom Holland's Peter is really, really good, but he also is like a more sort of... Um, general, like nervous, anxious teenager. Yeah, sure. Andrew Garfield's is like a very specific kind yeah. of like almost neurotic, and it it, yeah. it was so nice to see it again. Yeah. Um. My conspiracy theory is that I think Andrew Garfield probably only agreed to come back if he had some creative say in things for his character. I mean, good. Right. But but like that's my he cares feeling. So Just, much about that character. That's what I was gonna say is because we, he's been so open about how much he cares about his character and how burned he was mm-hmm. by the whole debacle that that you know got him fired. Like I would I, I feel like because I wouldn't be surprised if the the MJ moment wasn't the in MJ there? slash Gwen moment wasn't originally there until he was like I want something like this to happen for me. <laughs> we need to do something. You know? Right. We need to clo- we need to Yeah. anything anything to give us a little bit more yeah. of what we never got. 
And that they give him, you know, that 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 he references this sort of like off-screen backstory where he like yeah. stopped pulling his punches and went into rage mode. Like, like it's sort of like it makes sense to sort of equalize him with Toby's Peter because we definitely have seen him do that in his movies. Mm-hmm. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just Toby giving originally Toby's Peter giving that monologue and Garfield just sort of being support, and then he's just like, no, my character would have done this. Like he would have gone right. into rage mode too. It makes sense, and that's good to help your story. So let's yeah. do that. Um, you know, not to like take away credit from the actual movie writers it could be wrong it's just like the vibes that i've gotten from garfield I no but like i that hope that's sense. true and he and he just gets so much more to do in this movie that than i thought he would mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 um, I also just love when they're talking about like aliens and like that all of them oh both have been fought aliens except for Andrew and he's just oh, I'm like so lame. I'm the lame one. <laughs> and, uh, Peter th- the Peter three thing. Uh, oh, that's I so good. Could hear his voice in my head. Like God, mm-hmm. he just shines so much in this movie. It's oh my God. Yeah, what a good Peter the, Parker. The Peter three line is also a perfect. Like it's 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 incredible that he slipped so easily back into his Peter Parker because yeah. it is what I mean. We're coming up on. I mean, almost 10 years of those those movies first showing up too, right? It was in the first yeah. one, 2013 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2012, or actually. 2012, so, yeah. So yeah. like next year's the 10 year of those too, wow. which is holy shit. But the fact that he just so easily slipped back into it didn't really look that much older. No. So fuck him, by the way. <laughs> um, but that, that, Peter, that Peter 3 line, the way he delivered yeah. that was so... It just, it's... I don't know. He just, he's so good. And actually, what's funny is... Him and Zendaya actually had a really good chemistry. Like, I think she actually interacted with him in the way that the characters in his movies interact with each other. Yeah. The most naturally. Like, she so easily could have been dropped into that universe and interacted with all those people. Because, I mean, it is, it's, I mean, I would, I would, I would never trust somebody who said they didn't think that, like, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone probably had the best chemistry of, like, any. Yeah. Of just anyone on the planet. Like they're just incredible <laughs> together. Like Yeah. Well, I do think a lot of the the a lot of the Tom Holland Zendaya scenes in this movie especially mm-hmm. did feel very reminiscent of yeah. the Peter Gwen stuff from Amazing Spider movies. Like they're the, the sort of banter that they have to get mm-hmm. the very romantic flirty banter they have felt a lot like that. So yeah. I think that's part of it. So it, like yeah, they're sort of have been trained on that. Now I want to <laughs> believe that Andrew Garfield was also like kind of coaching their banter oh, i would love that I love it. <laughs> they it don't need it they're literally dating <laughs> yeah yeah but still i mean i think that it did feel like they've they've always had good banter in all the spider yeah. all the holland movies but i think that it felt even more pronounced in this one yeah um yeah oh my god and also just garfield being in he's like in the spider-man suit literally the entire that, time i thought that was a really good smart choice i think yeah. it felt really good for both of those characters the fact that andrew garfield was either pulled into this universe while he was still actively spider-manning or he just his first reaction was to suit up you know yeah. um, either way it works for me especially because he is presented as a still younger and like active Spider-Man and the mm-hmm. fact that Toby Maguire, I mean, I was a little bit concerned for a moment that Toby Maguire wasn't going to suit up at all. And yeah. I was like, I hope this isn't like part of his agreement to come back was that he wouldn't have to wear a Spider-Man <laughs> suit. You know, cause right. I, I'm uh, honestly like I could kind of see it. Like he's, yeah. how old is Toby Maguire at this point? Oh, I mean, in his, in his forties at right? least, right? Like, I mean, one of the reasons that the suits, the Iron Man suits change so much, I believe is because Tony, I just said Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Like, was tired of wearing them. Like, I think there's just a point where you're just kind of like, 
oh my gosh, like, yeah, <laughs> don't make don't make me wear a superhero suit, you know. But I'm glad he suited up. I think it was really smart that he yeah. didn't. It wasn't clear at first that he was wearing it, and that it was sort of part of his character to be like. I mean, of course I'm wearing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like the, like, the youth <laughs> the youth pastor. Like, oh, joke. my God. That was so good. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you know what? That Peter, His Peter uh, never dressed very well in his movies, did he? Yeah. So. <laughs> it, it's, it's honestly like so it's it's a it's it's they obviously needed to not stay in this universe. That would have been ridiculous if they did. But the one downside is like we don't get our shawarma scene, you know, of these three Peters just sure. like chilling after like in the aftermath. Which could have been, you know, again, a whole nother two and a half hours and I would have ate, eaten up. Like, I yeah. would have savored every moment. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good together. Did you think that they were actually going to kill Toby when they s- stabbed him? I was worried about it. I thought that they were going to do that. I really, I, 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 I couldn't quite figure out in the moment why they would have chosen to do that in a way that would have made sense other than what I thought would have been a cheap emotional yeah. moment. It's still, if, if it they kind had of felt like it, it was a cheap emotional no, moment I still, because it did seem pointless. I still think it was too, but I think it would have been exponentially worse if he actually died. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't figure out why they would do that. So I pretty quickly dismissed it. Cause if yeah. you think about it, like if you bring in both of those two other Peters and you kill one of them, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. You I'm know? glad that they did. Like it doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't. I feel like they sh- just shouldn't have cause it was pointless to happen, yeah. but es- whatever. <laughs> especially because I mean the aunt May stuff. Oh, I had no idea that was going to happen. I was never expecting that to happen. Are we ready I mean, to get into that? Cause I have a lot. I, I, we will have to get into that. Let's get into <laughs> it. Let's get into it. Cause okay. like I have feelings all over the place about Very it. Conflicted. I have I'm, like, I have my immediate reactions to it in which I was emotionally manipulated successfully. Yes. Um, and then I have my like outside of yes. this moment feelings about it. I'm extremely conflicted. So the most emotional, what I was arguing before, the most emotional I got in this entire movie was her saying great power, great responsibility that, and it's so easy and so obvious, but it fucking, I still like, wasn't expecting her to voice that. I wasn't expecting, uh, I wasn't expecting anyone to, if anyone would have, I would have guessed it would have been the Peters. Yeah. In which case it would have made sense because it just came from their universe. Or someone said, or, or if Aunt May said it, she would be saying that Uncle Ben, Rick remembers Uncle Ben's words or something. But the fact that like the way that they play it is that she came up with that in that moment and she is basically fulfilling the Uncle Ben Mm -hmm. role, just very belated into Peter's story. Mm -hmm. Um, like that fucking got me, but then I, but it, but it still like didn't click with me enough that it's like, oh, that means she's gonna die. It was just sort of like, oh my god, she mm-hmm. said it, and I'm so glad that she said it, and she, and it's like, I love her so much, and it's like great that she gets to embody such an important. Oh no, she's dead. Oh shit, now I feel weird about it. Like it's a I was, wild it was a decision for them to have made. It's like from yeah. on one perspective, it's it's. I'm hesitant to even say it, but I I guess I'm saying it first, so then I will I will you know, backtrack, I suppose. But like, it's kind of cool that they did it in a sense. Yeah. Cause it's like, Ugh. they yes. gave her all the uncle Ben stuff That's and, and, and they didn't just redo the it. uncle Ben stuff. I think it's very significant to give a, a this kind of aunt may, that role like i think that's yeah. actually very fucking cool and it's, in a movie where two of the peters have an mj and one has a gwen two of the peters have fought aliens and one of them hasn't two of the peters have lost uncle ben and one of them hasn't in the same way like it there is sort of a symmetry and a poetry to the fact that like 
they all have things in common with each other, but it's never always the same exact thing. Yeah. yeah. It, there's a lot of angles where it is a really cool thing and a really yeah, be- like, smart inspired thing from that to the negative side of it. I want to, I want to piggyback on that. Sure. Cause that's the positive thing that I, I did feel about it, is it's sort of like, there is something really, really neat about, of all the Spider-Man movies and many cartoons and comics as well, Peter has so many fucking father figures. Yes. So fucking many father figures that, you know, impart such great, such great important knowledge and influence on him in his Spider-Man life. He always has Aunt May, but she's always like sort of kind of an obstacle in a lot of ways or just like and the suffering heart or something or She's something frequently to, or suffering to suffer. yeah <laughs> or grieving and or whatever so like it's really fucking cool that even just within the movie commentary like we've got like uncle ben and we've got like dr connors and uh and doc ock and and even like captain stacy all these people that have like died for peter or something like that um and have been like father figures to finally have like a woman figure mother figure in peter's life just a woman in general that is like has such a great influence on him mm-hmm. as spider-man that gets to like say the thing that is the spider-man thing to say i think that there's something really powerful not that it's like empowering for a woman to be killed in a movie or anything no but like no, no, no. that sh- but that she fulfills that role well, i think is really cool she, i just wish they didn't still have to kill her to make yes. that all work yes because well here's <laughs> the thing right like obviously there's if you're familiar with comics if you're familiar with gail simone there's the whole women in fridge things right yeah. there's a, a disturbing pattern of male uh, superhero characters or comic book characters gaining emotional motivation or transformation at the expense of killing a woman. Here's the thing that sort of does make it a little bit different in this case. I mean, obviously Spider-Man has a, has a, a very, very uh, distinct history of that high Gwen Stacy, but with regards to Aunt May, it is breaking a pattern in this case, right? Yeah. And so from that perspective, even though in the bigger picture, she's a part of that disturbing trend, she is breaking a pattern. So I think it's, She's technically in that camp of women in fridges, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's a bummer though, because she is such a cool fucking Aunt May. And the no. fact that she at the the sort of climactic moment of her being the mother figure for Peter Parker is also the moment she dies. It's like, well, no, we don't get any more of it then. Like we don't get any more of this. Like that that's a bummer. Also, like who does is. like I, I know that there is I know that the movie ends with the whole, like, no one knows who Peter is, which, again, wild, and we'll dedicate time to it. Yeah. But, like, who does he have if not right. Aunt May? Well, I think that's the point, is that I think the point of this movie is to ultimately it's strip wild. Him. It's like they sort of, it's like they give him the knowledge that there are other Peter Parkers, and it's sort of like the sort of general idea of, like, of support from other universes, other people in his life. But then he loses all of that by the end of it. It's Um, wild. Yeah. But, but yeah. And so I think that like, it's sort of weird because it's sort of like the framework for the story and the structure of how it goes. It does make logistical story sense for Aunt May to die. So Peter, Peter can reach his darkest point in this movie because they think they do sort of need that as a turning point. Right. Like, I think that if they don't have something big to happen, that makes Peter lose faith. So the other Peters can sort of come in and then bring, lift him back up. There's not really a lot to the movie. I feel like the movie loses a lot of its heart and a lot of its pathos. Um, And there's not really the only other people that I think would affect Peter so much by dying would be, would be MJ or Ned. And I don't think either of those would be good things either, you know? Um, So it's like, 
at least with Aunt May, yeah, she gets to do the Uncle Ben thing. She gets to fulfill a very significant role for Peter going forward. And this movie weirdly ends up being sort of like a retroactive, like back to the beginning origin story for Spider-Man mm-hmm. again by the end. Again, we'll get to it. So I guess so. It all does make sense. It does. It's just like, I, uh, it's, it's, that's I'm why I feel so selfish and I want more of her. It. Yeah. And also, like, the other thing I feel conflicted about is that I do, like, the PS4 game also killed Aunt May. And fun fact, I think her her grave is, like, the exact same as in this movie. Like, it says the exact, I forget what the quote is, like, help someone, help everyone. Mm-hmm. That was the quote on her grave in nice. the PS4 game. And that's the quote on her game, the quote, quote on her game, <laughs> the quote on her grave in this movie. So, like, that's kind of cool. And, like, I still, I didn't have as negative of a feeling towards her dying in the PS4 game as I do in this one. Um, I, or, or at least less conflicted, like more positive because it felt like, I think in that case, um, it sort of felt more like a consequence and sort of a casualty of the events leading up to it. That was sort of like for the denouement of it rather than like an impetus for Peter's man pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think there was also something as bad as it is, like there is something to that Aunt May just being like portrayed as older and sort of like. And dying like in a hospital room rather than this Aunt May being the sort of like young version who had so much potential to continue in Peter's life than dying pretty violently. Yeah. Um, I think it's feel it just feels a little more icky. It feels a closer to women in fridges than yeah. the PS4 game does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's nuance to all of that, I guess, is all I'm saying. Um, and that's why it's sort of like I'm I can't I'm not gonna, you know, fully like demonize or cast off like this this decision, but I don't think I will ever not feel conflicted and weird about it. Happening. Yeah. There's Even always going to be a little bit of conflict for me, in the but best I think way it... it probably could be exactly that. Yeah. 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 Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, Lillian and Douglas. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man, to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Do we want to talk about the end and how it sets things up? Or do yeah. we, is there stuff we want to talk about? Well, actually, before we get to that, because this is that's the closing point of this. Yeah. The the Doctor Strange stuff, I will say, I know that I was one of the people who was like being too serious about the like, why the fuck would Doctor Strange do this? <laughs> and then when you and I talked about it on Patreon, I was like, okay, well, there's there's probably more to it. And I'm just like, I'm I'm jumping to conclusions. There's obviously gonna be something that compels Stephen Strange to go along with this. There really isn't, other than like, come on, Wong, we do this all the time. <laughs> it's like 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, which feels weird because it's sort of like you brainwash the entire world all the time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it like feels I know different the example than he's like, using is I don't want to like, remember this night that I'm ashamed of versus yeah. what if we make everyone in the world forget something? <laughs> because it also feels I mean, I like, don't know that, that they're change, protecting like, re- reality and I guess yeah. we just trust them. But like, doesn't that also like, that has to like erase like data on stuff and like print materials. And, I like, was I thinking about that at the there's end. A, there's a, they're, they're honestly like, I will say a thing about this movie that's, that I think find very fascinating is that there are a lot of questions that if you wanted to go like deep on the nerd shit there's a lot of shit that's yeah. this will drive to, a lot of people absolutely it will insane. it will um and it's sort of like i think it's a testament to how fun the movie is that i don't think you really think about that when you're watching it until like after the fact when it's just sort of like oh i don't know if that makes sense or that feels like that I'm, could have bad consequences <laughs> i'm a little nervous too i think there are parts of this movie that will greatly I'll greatly appreciate more on a rewatch. And then there are other parts that I'm going to be more frustrated by on a rewatch. Like it's just going to have that result because there are certain questions I'm not asking or don't want to ask right now because I know I'm not going to like the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's things I don't want to think about because I'm like, just like beef, just have fun right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like one of those things that I think I just have to refuse to just like not think about at all is like the, the big crux of this movie that I, I like a lot is like, you know, addressing the idea that most of the villains in the Spider-Man movies were tragic and like died at the hands of Spider-Man. So it's like, well, what if we tried to fix that and then made them better? Right. And then send them back to the universe. So it's, but there's like weirdness of like, but they're all from different points in times. And like, so how does that, uh-huh. did that undo the events of movies, but isn't that going to shift the timeline? Like, doesn't make, how does that, doesn't that well, break reality? Somebody out there can explain to us why the MCU model of time travel makes this fine. I, I can't do it. I don't, I don't understand. Think, I think the truth is that it's never going to make sense and you just kind of have to. Yeah. I, think I actually, it, I mean, that's one thing that I, one of the reasons I, I, I am nervous to think about certain parts of this movie too much and nervous to rewatch is actually that. I, I feel very conflicted about the fact that a big part of, if not the main conflict of this was, what if we cured them instead? Yeah. Like something about that from a couple different angles doesn't like fully sit with me. Um, but it (laughs) motivated all the action. So I was like, okay, like just let it, let it be the reason we're getting these again. Let it be the reason these characters are interacting. Let it be the reason we're getting these cool shots and and moments and stuff that we could never get in any other movie. Um, but I do think I will probably have a lot to say about it at a later date. I think so too. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's a thing that I think you just kind of have to just like, except that you'll never yeah. fully get because we're not going to, we're not going to see, I, I'm 99% positive. We're not going to see any ramifications of that stuff. No. Of like, what does the end of Spider-Man two look like now? And how does that affect the Peter that we're, that we've been with in this movie? That's from a later point and in time. Like you can't, I don't think want about to, it. right. I don't want can. to. I also fully believe that when you're in a multiversal situation and this is, this is, this is, this is the me that didn't want this movie in the first place coming out a little bit. But like these events can happen in the MCU and also not have happened in the previous universes. Yeah. And I want everybody to hear me say that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, these events can happen here and not have happened in the other. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) That's the other like doctor who model. I think sometimes too, where it's just sort of like doctors will meet each other, but then it's just sort of like, 
well, you know, time has to fix itself. So I won't remember that any of this happened. So like, yeah. because that'll affect the timeline later on and that's how they fix it all. Yeah. I think it's entirely, I think we'd easily explain it away. Like Spider-Man two still happened when Doc Ock got sent back, that created a whole new timeline that's completely unrelated. And that's a new universe now and, that we'll never see. And that has nothing to do with, with any other movie. <laughs> yeah. And don't, and don't get mad at me when I'm not like adding Toby Maguire from this movie onto the end of Spider-Man three as like part of that series. Like as far as I'm concerned, it's not really like, I love what they did with him and I love that we got more of it. I love all that, mm-hmm. but like this doesn't necessarily like close off all of the like, better examples. Andrew Garfield probably like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't just negate everything that all the stuff we've already been talking about. Like whatever. I don't even know what point yeah. I'm making. Well, just, but like, I think it's interesting some, because if, it, if I just want to watch the Raimi trilogy and not talk about this movie, that's okay. Yeah. Those are sort <laughs> of part alone, of their own don't thing, right? Me. Yeah. It's <laughs> honestly like, it's a lot of the same stuff with like the crisis on infinite earths crossover on TV because one of the things like for I think the best example of it is the Smallville segment that they had because mm-hmm. that is a thing that takes place after years after the end of the series and they actually kind of undo some of the stuff and like like I I will spoil that for so if you haven't seen that and want to watch it I'm going to spoil it but like you know the end of Smallville he becomes Superman and it's like very classic <gasps> Superman right what? um but in the yeah in the in the crisis episode they fast forward a little bit and then kind of reset it where he's like moved back onto the Kent farm uh, with Lois has kids and is like given up his powers, um, which, you know, kind of undoes the ending to the original Smallville. But like, in my opinion, I think is actually a really fascinating ending because it actually sort of fits more in character to the version of him that was in Smallville. That was always a reluctant hero. He never felt like a very classic Superman. And I always felt like it was sort of forced to push him in the direction of being a classic Superman by the end. And mm-hmm. sort of like this with him to sort of deciding to choose his family over being a superhero. I actually think is very in character. And I found that to be a really cool kind of gutsy move for this crisis crossover to do. And I liked it a lot as sort of this really interesting postscript on the show on a show that had ended years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, but you can watch that sh- or show and it's still the complete story from beginning to end. Never take the crisis stuff into account and like it's fine. It doesn't affect anything. Especially like, the crisis thing is, a, is, a, is just sort of a bo- bonus content that may or may not be part of it. It's kind of up to you. It doesn't really matter because yeah. there's probably never going to be continuation for, from that anyway. Yeah, especially if you're already accepting mar- multiversal stories to begin with. I mean, if, you, if you're accepting the, a multiverse, you're accepting infinite possibilities. Right, so like right. theoretically speaking – there are two universes that happen exactly the same way uh, in the Raimi trilogy up to the point where in one universe he's pulled through to this story and in another, he's not like (laughs) it's all fine. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's all. That's, that's the messiness of the movie that again, I'm impressed that they pulled it off in a way that it doesn't feel that messy when you're watching until you're thinking about it afterwards. I think that's a feat. Um, and it's kind of unavoidable, honestly. Otherwise, like they would have had to make a movie with this crossover where just nothing mattered. So at least mm-hmm. like they had the guts to try to change shit or, yeah. you know, um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, anything of just other, other, just other stuff before we get to well, the actual ending. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, um, anything else about Dr. Strange in general, oh, since we brought him up? Um, he was less of a presence than I thought he would be. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad it didn't feel like a Dr. Strange Spider-Man team up movie. I think you know he was in there when he though? needed to be in there. It, what's interesting though, is I, I still kind of feel like maybe there was a little too much even of Dr. Mm. Strange. Like 
I, 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 not, not by a lot. Like, I don't think he overcrowded the movie. It certainly wasn't about him or anything. Um, but I do think like a lot of the, as cool as it was and as much as I like it, cause it was weird. Yeah. I don't actually think they needed all that mirror dimension stuff as much as, uh, or as yeah. much of it as they used. Like, yeah. it's cool. I love it. I could watch three straight hours of that. Um, but I don't know that it serviced to this movie. It kind of felt like they only did it specifically so they could put it in the trailer to misdirect people about what the movie was was about. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I think did that I, maybe did I make up that we were like expecting a sort of um, like dark Doctor Strange at some point? Is that maybe maybe uh, just the way the trailers were cut made him feel more adversarial? Oh yeah, he did feel he felt more adversarial. I think. Um, because they pulled out his most aggressive moments. Yeah. And I do think, like, to what you were saying, there's maybe one too many Spider-Man and Doctor Strange argue and, like, try to get a device or something away from each other's mm-hmm. scenes. I think it should have happened, like, once, and then Doctor Strange is gone from the movie and doesn't come back until the very end. Um, Probably would have been better. Yeah, I think uh, so. Also, yeah. that wig. Oh, my God. Y'all can't afford a better wig for Stephen <laughs> Strange. It was bad. Look, Wong's wig was incredible. Like, that wasn't his real hair. I know mm. for a fact it wasn't his real hair, and it looked great. So weird. Strange's looked god-awful. I have such a hard time with wigs. I don't understand. I truly don't. You can fucking mocap these aliens and shit, but you can't, like, put hair on a person. I don't get it's it. It's wild. Wigs are... I'm, and I'm not saying this from a place of personal experience. I'm saying this from, like, seeing enough people pull it off. Like... Wigs aren't nearly as hard as some of these things make them seem. <laughs> but maybe like, the way that wigs are, maybe wigs in movies, like with those that particular lighting and stuff and the way that it's shot, maybe it's just like... I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's just it's so often that wigs Y'all are Y'all aren't terrible. asking the right drag queens, it's, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's just so often that things with high budgets have bad wigs. It baffles me to hell. But yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Although I do, I, I thought it was fun that Ned got to do magic stuff like that that's cute yeah that was i did like <laughs> that i wasn't really sure what that was going to turn into and i guess their answer is nothing because we erased it but yeah um i think it yeah, was that just was wild i think it was just to let because i was always you know i expressed my concerns early on that i was worried that like we were going to lose spidey supporting cast in this movie and i'm glad that that ned and and, and mj are like pretty prominent in it throughout Quite, it and i think that's yeah. one way to keep them in is sort of like what if Ned can do a little bit of magic? That's gonna be that's gonna force them to be involved, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that worked reasonably well. Um, and they never felt like they were getting in the way or anything either. So yeah. I, I think that 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 was fine. Man, in a in a different version of this movie where Miles is involved in some way, uh, there's definitely a joke out there where they acknowledge the fact that they basically ripped Genki off to make oh Ned leads in this movie. Oh wow! Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that they would have made it, but yeah, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, because it's worth mentioning, uh, Matt Murdock is in this movie. That's cool. Okay, this is a perfect <laughs> time to ask you this because you actually—I yeah. mean, you saw it last night. I saw it a matinee on a Friday, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, I would. Uh, first off, did your crowd clap, cheer? Biggest with, one of the biggest audience, or one no? of the biggest cheers? Yeah, I had a great audience, and I did too. I was really was, surprised. One of the biggest cheers of the entire movie was Matt Murdock. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One shocked that he wasn't in it more, um, but it's totally fine. He didn't need to be in it more. I'm just surprised he wasn't in it more. Um, he really exists solely in the portion of the movie that is the consequence to the end of the last movie. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, theater erupted 
mm-hmm. upon seeing Charlie Cox, like yeah. erupted. I, I think the biggest cheers were for him, for sure. Um, and Andrew Garfield got a huge yes. reaction from yeah. my theater. Huge I reaction. Toby got a reaction from mine, but I think because we just got Andrew Garfield, yeah. you kind of knew like, it was coming. They knew it's coming. Um, and I think there is something to the way that Toby just sort of like casually strolls in through the portal. That's really funny. That makes yeah. it like, oh, is this a cheer? Wait, is this a cheer moment? I don't yeah. under, you know, I, which yeah. I, 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 it's funny. It's intentional. But. Yeah, it's all part, kind of technically part of the same moment. So part of that cheer for Andrew Garfield is a cheer for Toby Maguire. But it was huge in my theater. And then the other really big reaction that kind of caught me off guard was I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Oh, yeah. People huge love reaction. that. People <laughs> love that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which is so funny because it's sort of like, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I underestimate how much people know memes out like the general public. Well, I'm, cause I'm so very online that I'm sort of like, is this a thing that anyone who's like not on right. Twitter way too much gets? Yeah. Nope. I guess that is a meme that has permeated the mainstream yeah. too. <laughs> that was good. I'm trying to think if there are any like really big, big moments. People clapped when the movie started. I thought that was fun. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm here for an interact, like, um, like a, uh, I don't know, enthusiastic audience. As and long I'm, as I'm glad that not, I got one for this movie. Yeah. As long as it's not, there's a balance you have to have because sometimes sure. it's a little too enthusiastic. Then you just can't hear what's going on. But oh, I, yeah, 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 I had a good one where it's sort of like they clap and then as soon as people start talking, people stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's yeah. That's how mine was too. Like appropriate, yeah. like, uh, you know, like planned could have been like yeah. canned reactions. They I, were so like neat. I had, I had, sorry, I won't, I won't, this won't be a long story, but I had some teenagers that were sitting behind me, um, that were not they were, teenagers. I already know, I know where this is going. They so were, I know it's not going that way. They were very into it though. They, they were, they, they, they loved it. Um, but Good. I was listening to them during the end credits while we were waiting for the post credit scenes and just kind of overhearing them talking and their conversations were so funny. But my favorite, my favorite one was one girl was like, she was this, it was, it was, it was, in, it was all in jest, but she was talking about, she was talking about May and she was like, man, May, May said like great power and great responsibility. She said it like she came up with it as if that's not a thing everybody said, but you know, that bitch just went on a computer and just like looked up inspirational quotes and was like, Hmm, this one sounds good. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweet. Like, Did you learn this I phrase from RuPaul? Because I could tell you where RuPaul got it from. Spider-Man. Like, I need you. I need you to oh, comment on every single movie. Honestly, I want to know your opinions on every movie because I am in love with your that's, commentary. That's honestly, that's, that's pretty incredible though. That, that, that phrase has permeated culture so thoroughly yeah. that people and I don't know how sincere she was being right but like yeah just the idea I could the fact that I believe she could have been sincere about it I think speaks to how how ubiquitous that phrase is that it's almost not fully associated with Spider-Man wildly enough <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. could theoretically learn it from other places because it's referenced so much like I said mm-hmm. RuPaul says it yeah um, so I don't know how he's able to do that I don't know either. Maybe because he says the variant version of it. I don't know. Aunt May, by the way, said said the original version of it, not the like yeah short version. Come, of it. Yeah, with what, what is it? with great power must come great responsibility. Am I missing words there? Is there something? It, it else? feels like something's missing, but I I don't think there is. With great power must come great responsibility. People always x x out the must um, right. and change it to come. I mean, usually. it is. 
I will say it's a better quote without the most. <laughs> it is sure, but it's also it's so much more comic booky and like yeah. <laughs> you know it feels it feels more flowery. I mean, if Stan Lee wrote it, there should be even more words, right? Yeah, yeah. It is weird when it's like your dying words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like let's add as many syllables mm-hmm. as possible. But yeah. yeah, but it worked. I mean, she delivered like Marissa Tomei rocks, so she delivered it great. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that scene, Ugh. devastating. <laughs> devastating um oh and again i'm I'm not trying to just put off talking about the end i just want to make sure we capture all of it so then we don't have to double sure. back a bunch it just only makes sense to talk about the end at the end <laughs> yeah because it's so final um what um happy hogan is your guy right oh my I, he oh my i'm so in love with him yeah and he just he just gets better with age. Him with the CPAP <laughs> he looks machine, so too. So nice. I was just like, oh my God, you're doing it for the bears, aren't you? <laughs> he, uh, I like that he's also fully embraced. Like, I know, I know he, he pretty much does it because he's John Favreau and he can do whatever he wants and no one's going to tell him otherwise. But, like, the fact that Happy Hogan didn't used to have, like, the goatee and that sort of, like, wild hair and stuff. And now it's just like, no, John Favreau's just going to show up. Like, he's not going <laughs> to he's not gonna shave his, his face for your movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, just so much nicer. Love it. Love it. I love the, I love the John Favreau <laughs> uh, messy hair, messy facial hair and the Happy Hogan suit. It's really great. Yeah. Love Good. him. And uh, just, like, devastating. De- I mean that same scene, right? Him pulling up mm-hmm. as a wanted as a wanted man, right? Pulling up, seeing from a distance, not even being able to do anything about it, seeing from a distance that this woman he's still in love with, that he's currently like like trying to cope with losing in a relationship standpoint, has just died. Yeah. And then also recognizes like Peter, you have like he just was it was a very small moment, but delivered. Yeah. Delivered, killed it. Yeah, so good, I, and he does a really good job. Um, like, is it's really weird when when some actors are really good at this, and it always feels weird to say, but like Andrew Garfield's one who's really good at it too, just really good at being sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. John yeah. Favreau really pulls that off as Happy Hogan. Hmm. I agree. I agree. He's good, especially I since like he's a silly character. I was always a little bit. Oh um, God! And that final scene with him really like smashed uh-huh. my heart into a thousand pieces. I think that he's utilized really well in this movie, Ugh. and I think it sort of retroactively justifies him his roles in the last two. Not that I had anything against him in Homecoming or Far From Home, but he always I thought he was fantastic. He in was, Far From Home. He was he was good in both of those movies, but it was always sort of like he was fine in the first. He, he always felt sort of. <laughs> I mean, it was always a thing where it's sort of like. Is he superfluous in these movies or not? Uh, you know, because he's always sort of because he's there because of Tony Stark, right? Um, I think he's better in these movies than he is in the Iron Man movies. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think I think I feel a lot better about all of it now because this honestly feels like a really good like arc for him mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout these movies with him just trying to to like court May and just trying to like be sort of like this almost kind of like surrogate family man for the Parkers in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and sort of gradually. And like, and then once he loses Tony, like the Parkers become sort of his, 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 the, his like superhero connection where it is. Yeah, he doesn't really like, know where to go. Yeah. Yeah. And they he's sort a sad of boy. really become his family. And then this movie, he loses all of that just like Peter does. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't even fully really realize how much he's lost by the end of it, which is really, really sad. And I think that that's, it's really, it's a really tragic story for him that I find really fascinating and actually like makes him fit really well as a Spider-Man character yeah. um, more than an, as an Iron Man character in the context 
context of these movies. For sure. Really. For sure. Yeah. He, um, it really, really, like, and and the two moments are very different. So it, it, I don't think it's a surprise that it, it it broke my heart more with Happy than it did with MJ and Ned because they weren't meant to both be heartbreaking scenes. Yeah. Um, but my gosh, the scene at her grave with Happy and Peter. Oh my god! Yeah. You just you realize how much both of them have lost in the moment in mm-hmm. in different ways, but together at the same time. Yep. And the fact that they don't get to the fact that the two of them are probably the most equipped to grieve with each other and they cannot do that is shattering to me. Yeah. Absolutely shattering to me. It's a really sad movie. Happy's really like the only person who like he, like happy's not Peter's best friend, right? They wouldn't even consider each other friends, but happy is the most equipped. I feel like to grieve with Peter or to help Peter grieve based on what they've lost. And he has no idea who Peter is. That's, yeah. That wrecks me. It's really, <laughs> it it's a very me. tragic movie in a way that I did not expect and kind of really love because it does feel very quintessentially Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is they such got a there. sad boy. They took him a while with the Holland movies, mm-hmm. but they really got there. And I think they hit it, hit that hammer really hard. Yeah. Are we, are we, are we, did you I have think, more to say about happy think, or just you wanted me no. to talk about happy? I was just asking you. I think sure. we're I think we're ready okay. to talk about the end of it. Can I pose you with can I can I kick off this portion with a question to you? Yeah. <laughs> Do, is is this a way for is the end of this movie a way for Sony to begin pulling themselves away from things? I think so, I so my impression, which I've heard mixed things because I've heard I remember before the movie came out, it was like Nah, there's not going to be any more Tom Holland Spider-Man. And then it was sort of like, I think it was Amy Pascal who's sort of like, no, we're going to do still do Spider-Man well, stuff. What are you talking about? I think and they then said sort that of this like was the end of a trilogy and everybody yeah. thought that meant right. there was no Tom Holland. But but then there's sort of like, no, there's going to be another Spider-Man trilogy. But then Tom Holland's also like, I don't feel like I want to retire from acting and have a family now. Oh, so shit, like, really? Yeah, but, oh but, 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 but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not like doing Spider-Man for the next few years, it might mean that he's planning to, once he's done doing Spider-Man for real, that's what he's planning to do. And who knows what his contract looks like at this point. Right. The MCU has figured out how to keep you if they want you. Yeah. So I think, I think that this, my impression and my theory is that this movie was made in mind to sort of play both sides of it, to be like, if this is the last Tom Holland movie and we've, and we can't get him back, we, this can be the last one reasonably. This is a good, like, I think it would be a really interesting end ending for his character and sort of like a back to the beginning kind of full circle sort of thing. And then if we just never reference Spider-Man again, you know, whatever. Um, and I think also, yeah, it sort of would open the door for Sony to sort of separate themselves if they were able to do that. <laughs> but the door I was is still wide open part. enough. I was like, yeah, this but- is, if Sony ever decided like, We've gotten what we need from you, Marvel and mm-hmm. Feige. Thank you very much. Right. They pretty much just set themselves up to never right. work with them again if they yeah. if they wanted that. The door is wide open, I think, story-wise for either, either of those things to happen either way, which I yeah. think is a smart move. And it I actually is. think, like, considering, I feel like it's a very satisfying ending for the movie. So I think I it's a big feat that they sort of split the difference and it didn't feel like you were sort of left hanging in either way. Like, it's either an open-ended, open-ended nice endpoint for Tom Holland yeah. in the MCU or it's just like we know that the new next Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland in the MCU is just going to feel very different. So I don't yeah. know. It just depends. Um, 
I appreciate the open-endedness of that, uh, that it's open-ended, but still feel like yeah. a very satisfying conclusion to me. Second question. That'll be a shorter question. Yeah. Cause I don't want this to be the last thing. Cause it's so stupid. No, yeah. Well, um, be. His apartment at the end isn't Toby Bookwire's no. apartment, right? I thought that that's what they were going to do. I but thought they were going to do that too. Not. And I was like, I'm quite confident this isn't his apartment because Toby Maguire's had like a weird, like um, swinging door window situation mm-hmm. going on. For um, a split second, I did think that they were going to have like a Mr. Ditkovich cameo or something. I did too. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I've railed so hard against the idea of them like crossing characters for no reason. I mean, at this point, I can't hold that belief. This movie was so much fun that like, again, I don't want more of it, but I can't, I can't exist in that same space anymore. So by the time the movie was towards the end and like, I'd just seen like eight different characters from three different universes all in the same movie. I also was like, are we going to get Dickovitz or or like, are we going to get like, what's her face as his landlord or something? Like, I, I don't know. And then I thought, well, probably not, but maybe it'll be Toby's apartment. Um, and now at this point, like, I kind of wish it was, <laughs> I think that would have been fun as long, again, as long as we're doing the fan service, as long as we're all in on it, I think it would have been fun if it was, if it was yeah. a recreation of Toby's apartment would have been, would have been fun. I'm, I'm not mad that it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately doesn't matter at all, but it would have yeah. been neat. All right. The real end stuff. Yeah. I like it. I think ultimately is where I land, mm-hmm. even though it's, it's wild. I think what's interesting about this movie is that this whole movie feels like this really interesting, like intention it's it's both a celebration of the spider-man movies of the past including all of holland's movies but it's also like very intentionally feels like it's trying to course correct a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um and i think often that can feel frustrating and i think but i think in this point it does actually feel kind of weirdly organic um because it it kind of addresses every issue that i feel like I know me and probably most people have had about the Holland movies, which is sort of like the really intense connection to Tony Stark and the fact that he has had very, that this young Peter Parker very immediately became this grand scale cosmic alien mm-hmm. fighting Spider-Man. The fact that he had a billionaire as a best friend, had all this great equipment, like seemed to have zero money issues, even though he claims he broke sometimes, but like, that's clearly not an issue has like a, I mean, he has lots of friends who are in on a secret. His aunt may is, is in on the secret and having, and everybody's part of the team. Like, not that I want Spider-Man to be sad, but like Holland's Peter Parker is generally a very happy, not angst mm-hmm. kid with very yeah. few worries, you know? Um, and I think that this movie ends with him being like the, the purest earliest version of Spider-Man, which is like this kid who is uh, this down on his luck, poor kid who more or less has nobody, but, and, and, and no support system, but is still trying his best to do good in the way that he can. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's really powerful and I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's not that we need Peter Parker to be sad. It's that the thing that draws so many people to Peter Parker and has always drawn people to Peter Parker from his inception is the fact that he doesn't feel like a god like so many yeah. other uh, superheroes do. And even at the time when you have the Fantastic Four being one of the most popular you know, teams or even just characters in Marvel, like their their identities are known it's literally their job they have a tower with their name on it like it was something so fresh and it's never stopped being fresh the fact that like i mean you still have people the fact that people our age 40 years later and kids now can still be like i get peter and i get miles because they're not perfect and they struggle and they're awkward like me and they don't know what to say like me yeah they they 
they need a mask sometimes and I need a mask sometimes. Like they're, the the fact that they've consistently either kept those like kept things separate or difficult or made sure that there were obstacles and challenges and stuff. It's it's not just that we want to see a sad character. It's that we want to see a character that we can sort of like identify ourselves with because we sometimes feel like sad characters, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of weight to this Peter choosing this life for himself. Like mm-hmm. he, he owns up to mistakes that he makes. He takes responsibility for mistakes that he made. And even though a lot of the thing, you know, it's good full like, circle from his first movie. It's a good full circle. Right. And even though, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that happened in this movie that was unfair to him. He doesn't deserve this horrible fate that he, no. that he ended up having to have, but he owns up to, to the mistakes that he did make and does what he can do, which is to make a really genuinely huge sacrifice and is still powering through that regardless. I think that there is something really interesting. Like he's taking the GED test, right? So apparently oh my he wasn't gosh, able, that was he wasn't able to graduate. Detail. Yeah. So he couldn't, I mean, I guess if like he has no home and no one knows who he is, he couldn't just yeah. go back to high school. So, no, and there's theoretically no records. He, it's not like he can go to Midtown and be like, Hey, can I get records for a Peter Parker? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess they wouldn't exist. That's all the questions now. It's like, does he, is, oh. he never existed? Is he not have a social security number or anything like that's a, Yeah. Can't think about that. Um, I mean, that I, I will say the one sadder, thing is but... like, he is a genius and he lives in a city of, you know, millions of people. So I'm sure he could figure yeah. out how to suddenly exist again. Hey, I would I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this kind of puts him in a similar situation to the Peter Parker of Spider-Man Unlimited who just appears in a world mm. with no identity. Interesting. Just Interesting. I just you know I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. Spider-Man Unlimited influential. <laughs> I'm sure they were watching Spider-Man Unlimited and we were like we're going to take our MCU Spider-Man in that direction. It's it's one of my favorite parts of that uh of that <laughs> of that universe. Yeah. It's the first thing I started plotting out a fan fiction for that I never wrote <laughs> was how does Peter Peter Parker, you know, establish himself as a as a person in this place yeah. where he doesn't exist. Yeah, but I mean like I mean, and he is still Spider-Man, right? So he can probably make, you know, yeah. he he can they could even if they want to do full first full circle maybe he oh. does some wrestling stuff or goes on TV as Spider-Man to make some extra cash. He starts working at the Daily Bugle to, with the and oh the, my submitting gosh. photographers to J. Jonah Jameson. We right? didn't like, talk about how heavily they leaned into him being Alex Jones. Oh, my God. He's oh, my like God. Peddling, like peddling the video pills. game did it. But they this movie fully was just like, oh, yeah, this is Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. I don't like love it because I do like a like a good hearted, likable Jameson. Sure, but sure. I think this is a fun reinvention. I don't know that he's I, I, I don't I'm not confident that he's like around for the long haul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. I could see why they might might have gone that route. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things where like he didn't really have that much of a role in this movie. He didn't really need to be in it as much as he was. But I always like seeing J.K. Simmons. And if you're going to have a a reunion movie of Spider-Man actors, why not make sure he's in this one? Yeah, I obviously have less of a hard time having a problem with it when literally everybody else from every other movie is in it, too. Yeah, of course. Of course. (laughs) If it were just him, I would struggle. (laughs) Wasn't there news that Kristen Dunst was was like supposed to be in this? Like, wasn't that a casting thing that happened? Derek, everybody was rumored to be in this movie. That's a good point. People were talking about freaking Emma Stone being in this movie. That's a very good point. I mean, I don't know what was reported. So maybe you saw something that was like technically That was one of the early ones that came out alongside Alfred Molina. So I I felt like it more was more legit. But but obviously, I don't know where the fuck she would fit in this movie. So I'm glad she wasn't. She would fit nowhere. Are you kidding? (laughs) It wouldn't make any sense. No. Having seen what the having seen the movie that they made it it would make no sense for anybody other than the peters 
to interact because so much of of what happened relied on those two Peters being further along in their emotional journey than the Peter of this universe, you know? Yeah. So if they somehow yeah. were reunited with Mary Jane or Gwen, like all of that, none of that would yeah. make sense anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I, the other thing at the ending, I would really love to see what his suit looks like in the daytime. Cause it looks oh like, Oh my gosh. Like classic the light Spider-Man blue, suit, baby. Right? They finally have like a light, yeah. not, not baby blue. It's never been baby blue, but that sort of like cerulean color uh-huh. that and the like, old comics use because that's like the blue they had. Like yeah. it looked like that's what they were going for. Yeah. And it was kind of shiny and like it had like mm-hmm. thick, thick webbing, thick web, but not like raised web, which, yeah. you know, we've never had in a Spider-Man movie. Like we've, we've either had raised web or like the very thin, barely there web. Yeah. Like, I love that. Uh, I, it's just, I mean, I think that that's really fun. And again, fan service stuff is what people have sort of been asking for for a long time. But it's like, you know what? If you're going to end a trilogy with Spider-Man, like, getting the suit that you've always wanted to uh-huh. see him in from f- three iterations of movies over 20 years, even if you don't see it fully, which is sort of annoying, but even if it's like in a night shot yeah. and you only barely see it, it's like, oh, okay, you kind of leave him the edge in there a little bit, but I they, guess that's what you were trying to do. They were do. I mean, they were doing a lot special effects wise. So it doesn't yeah. surprise me how much of this movie takes place at night. It's unfortunate, yeah. but it, it is what it is. And I think they were probably were trying to keep their cards a little close to their chest in case they wanted to tweak sure. it and redesign it for the next trilogy. So they don't want to be like, here's this new suit. And then he's not wearing it the next one or something. Well, so. and they could so easily do that because he's had so many suits, which actually <laughs> yeah. is like, a thing that has annoyed me a little bit about this uh, version too. of Spider-Man, but it's me fine. Too. That's it's just an MCU thing that we're never going to escape from. Yeah. Um. I, I, I sort of unrelated to that, but kind of related to that. And I don't need anybody telling me like why it makes sense. It only makes sense that they would do this. I know it only makes sense that they would do this, but so happy to see this the Amazing Spider-Man two suit. Love oh, it. Love it. So glad it was there. Could stare at it forever. Yeah. It's still great. the best suit in all of Spider-Man cinema history. Do not <laughs> at me. It's the <laughs> only correct opinion. Period. <laughs> I might feel differently if I saw it got a good look of this Tom Holland suit, but I, I hey, don't know. I'm willing to be wrong if new information is presented to me, yeah. but I'm, I would I, hope that eventually, because there's got to be good photos of it out there that obviously they just don't want to sure. leak right now for a while. I'm sure we'll see some better images of it. In, at some point in yeah. the future. And I'd be very curious it, if it looks as good as it does in my imagination, it but could, I don't know. It could be a more classic, traditional, like early comics accurate suit. And that mm-hmm. would be really cool. Um, but the reason the Amazing Spider-Man 2 suit appeals to me so much, I think, is when I grew up. Like the bigger eyes and the the color scheme and stuff like that. It sure. just feels yeah. so much like, oh, it just feels so good. It feels so mm-hmm. right. Everything feels so proportionate. Like, oh, so good. Yeah, but but I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Holland's new suit were more accurate to comics, yeah. like early comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other thing, I guess. Oh, the post credit scene. You said you. Well, it, do you want to talk about it? the donut shop scene at all? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah. I I really um, was kind of expecting. Am I going to make this reference? I don't know. Are um, you thinking of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> the only reason I bring it up, I mean, I wouldn't have expected you to, but there, it's like very similar to a scene in that movie. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, no, you're right. I've, I've, I watched that, but I mean, like literally Donut was... Shop and Bakery. Huh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. they, they, they end differently, 
but it, it there's a, I mean, there's a stark similarity. <laughs> I was thinking of, of actually, but when you the, said you were hesitant to make it, I was like, I'm also no, hesitant it's more to like bring not up anything. Would get it. I was, World. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I no, it was more like the, there's the scene at the end of Chuck. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't even get that. Reference. Right. Exactly. Most, I don't think a lot of people would, but, and also if I did, it's a spoiler for anyone who would want to watch that. Cause it's literally the last scene spoilers of the show. for Chuck so, incoming. Yeah. Jump ahead so, like, one minute. The very last, the very last, like, um, one of the last plot points that happens is like the main, one of the main characters completely like has her memory erased. And I think they do, they do a really good job in the final episode of leaving it ambiguous as to whether she gets it back or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that they were going to do so. I, 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 that's there, that's the Fantastic the Beast route is that it's a little bit more ambiguous. So yeah. that's what I was expecting to be honest. I was too. And I think I thought, I thought they were going to have something where Zendaya like recognizes him. And it's like, they sort of play that a little bit where it's sort of like, she's unsure, but then it's also like, he also is being weird. And then after he leaves, yeah. there's not really any of that lingering. I mean, he like um, walked in, ordered a coffee and started crying and then left. <laughs> Right, like. right. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little more like, I didn't think that they were going to reunite because it would be too happy of an ending yeah. and a little bit of a cop out. But yeah. I thought that there was going to be like a tingling of hope. Um, and I don't think that there was that much of it there. I think it was pretty. Oh, no, they could easily be pretty, written out of the series. They won't yeah. be, but they easily could be. It was a pretty closed book. Peter made like it was because it was very intentionally like, no, this is a sacrifice that Peter is going to make uh, for them. Um, and leave him there. You know, obviously you can argue yeah. whether or not that's ethical or not, but that's what he chooses well, to do. And I think it's a very clear, the ethics of the MCU are all very, very uh-huh. concerning and worth discussing. The ethics of today. most superhero things yeah. are often very you, you concerning. Have, what makes me feel better. And I, maybe I've brought this up on a podcast before, but if I have, just in case I haven't, what makes me feel better is that I do not live in a world with superheroes. So I don't need to consider the real world ramifications of ethics in superhero properties that much. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not faced yeah. with those decisions, probably. Yeah. If there's a Doctor Strange, I don't know about him. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it's nice if that's the last we ever saw of them, which Shocked I Shocked he not. didn't say anything to Ned. Like, he only interacted with MJ and then if, was just kind of like, all right, I guess that's it. But, I mean, it makes sense. It all makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think, so I think it makes sense. It, yeah. Do, it just makes how do it you, sadder. It, if those two characters do continue in this series, and I imagine they will to some degree, like how do you think they fold them back in? Is is Peter going to make mm. his way to MIT somehow? See, that's my worry about this is that I do think that I think the MCU is better about it now, but I know that, you know, there are points in the MCU where there are times when it feels like they're making big changes that end up not really meaning anything. Like I'm thinking Iron Man 3 specifically, which has a yeah. very very good closed book ending. Then the next MCU movie is like, yeah, but he's still Iron Man, right? Like it's fine. And I do worry that there is a grand opportunity for them to do that where he just finds them again and they get their memories back and then they just basically reset it. You know, I I'm is here's the thing that sucks about it though. Is like from a storytelling standpoint, I want him to never like re like never get to the point where he is, dating MJ or best friends with Ned. Like, that's what I want. I want the sacrifice to matter. But what I don't want is for those characters to not be in the movies anymore. So like, and and, and, and the latter weighs out the former to me, you know? So like, I would rather have those two characters still in his universe and not replaced with other characters because they've done such a good job and they've meant so Mm -hmm. much to these stories. Um, But I, I, you know, I don't want it to just be like... uh, Ultimately, they should never feel as close to him as they did. 
I, I would think be, if they do actually, anything, if they want to rope them, I think that, I think that they could make it work if they, if it's a movie where it's very clearly working very hard to get them back into his life. Sure. Like I think if it's an entire movie that is sort of a rebuilding of their relationship and it's, and maybe even the movie is sort of about how they've sort of changed in that different time. And so like their relationship and friendship is, will never be the same sort of like you were saying, um, even if they do get back into his secret and become friends with him again, like, I think I think if they make that like an important point like that Peter has to work hard at and that's sort sure. of like an arc of a movie, I think that that could work. I think um, there's also a way that they could do it where if they were uh, one I don't think they should ever regain their memory. I don't think that logistically yeah. should work and I would hate sure. it if they somehow did. That would bother me. Sure. Um but I I do think there's also a way it could work where they are naturally drawn to each other and those two are sort of like vibing with him and intrigued by him just from a total friendship attraction way where they're just sort of like, this guy seems cool and they really want to interact with him and he's like hesitant or weird about it at first and has to learn like, and this is maybe a little bit of like amazing Spider-Man territory, but like has to like accept that like that's okay. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Like it is a different situation, but. Yeah. It's also entirely possible that they really are trying to go for kind of a hard reset for the next trilogy too. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we we could end up with. I mean, we could end up with so many characters we've never had. We could end up with our Gwen and our Harry. We could end up with. I mean, Betty's not going to be a big, <laughs> big character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved her in this one though. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. But there's yeah. a lot they could do. I mean, maybe Miles. Maybe I mean, who knows? Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, that could be fun. Maybe that's maybe that's his next sort of like strong, strong mm. friendship or connection is somehow he, he ends up intersecting with Miles and that that becomes his sort of. Core, oh, yeah. core relationship that could be really interesting and that would be a nice impetus for like another trilogy mm-hmm. to be sort of like this interesting training and then transference of of <laughs> of uh you know i don't know not power like i you know sort of passing, passing the baton, over the baton to, to, yeah. to miles over the course of a trilogy i think could be really interesting um uh that's an that's an interesting point yeah i don't know i don't know um yeah. Oh, man. It's, what, it's a very It could movie. literally be anything. I mean, the way that this movie ends is like, uh, it, it could be, it could literally be anything. It could it's be, almost like it's a multiverse of possibilities. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you want to talk about that post credit scene? Oh, I mean, I don't have much to talk what about. What I More saw like- was, <laughs> I saw... Um, basically what I saw was Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock saying, um, I don't remember what he was saying right before this, but he was saying, maybe I ought to visit that Spider-Man guy in New York. Yeah. yeah. He flashes away and the, basically this movie is going to be the way that the alien symbiote ends up in the MCU. I guess so. Yeah. Cause so it, there, there's a post kind of credits scene. Anticlimactic way to introduce it. I yeah, it's sort of weird. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of it, and I know like it's a con, it's a continuation of a post credit scene in Venom Two. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So Venom Two has him like show up in this universe, and then oh, yeah. but it's still like confusing because it's sort of like, but it's pulling in people who know Peter Parker Spider Man. Well, There's no Peter Parker, so are they implying that like the Venom symbiote knows? Something well, that Eddie doesn't. Know. Okay, well, there's okay, there's weirdness all around it, right? Because what that post credit scene, and technically post credit scenes don't have to be 
they can be retconned. I believe they have before, right? Or they've they've at least they haven't been they've changed things from post credit scenes or tweaked things from post credit scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so this doesn't have to be part of what they're doing, but Sony seems pretty committed to, you know, their stuff. So um the fact that he disappears though, doesn't that imply that he isn't in the same universe? Despite no, Sony everybody... saying that they always have? Oh yeah, no, that's the thing. I, that's that's what it it's it's fully establishing that he is not part of the MCU because he Which appears, is wild because Amy Pascal MC- would he, have you believe 5 years ago. Yeah. Well, I'm very confused. Yeah, cuz he appears in the MCU in the Venom 2 uh post-credit scene, right? So they show him appearing and then this is him going back to his old universe after like, disappearing and then, back to his own universe. But, so like but, so here's more then, questions because Morbius references uh-huh. Venom and Adrian Toomes appears uh-huh. in Morbius's world. So I have is no there, fucking are, idea. Have we seen two Adrian Toomes then? Absolutely no fucking idea. Seemingly um, yes. I don't if know. that's the case, it's sort of like, well, now you're just making it unnecessarily confusing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just. I mean, it's I, not I the worst th- thing in the world if Adrian Toomes exists in two universes played sure. by the same guy. It's fine. It's but fine. Like, but it's sort of like you. I feel like if you want to have this separate Sony universe that's like in the MCU multiverse but still a different universe, I feel like it's just easier to keep it separate. Keep it separate um, and bring back Andrew Garfield. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh it's weird. I don't I, I don't like I it as it. the way that they introduced the symbiote, and I am I I have no feelings necessarily about it being a separate universe. I'm just confused. It's also weird because like I don't know. It's I don't I feel like it's a possibility that they don't go anywhere with it. It's just sort of like doing it just yeah. For fun, um, I, I don't like, think what, we're getting. How do you do the black the costumes set up when you already have a version of Venom that is like a heroic character, and this is your version of Venom, the symbiote? Like, Look, it's not like you're gonna make Spider-Man go to the dark side, right? You know I, what I mean? Like, I, I have know. never believed that you must have a Venom story. I'm not one of those people. Like, you don't need to have a Venom story in every single iteration of Spider-Man. So I'm completely fine if it goes nowhere from here. I'm totally yeah. fine if. If Tom Holland never hosts a symbiote, shoot yeah. me. Like, yeah, I just don't think you always need it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Um, yeah. I wasn't, I was not, I was not that interested in that by the end. It's like, oh, that's cute and funny, I guess. But all right. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by it mostly from so. a confused standpoint. Yeah. That's, I'm I just, I would like to it. like listen to the interview that Amy Pascal does explaining like the thought process behind separating the universes that were previously one universe. I guess it, it probably is comes with their monster universe that they're doing, but it's technically part of the MCU and that it's part of the MCU multiverse. Maybe that's okay. the caveat. There you go. I don't think that's what she had in mind when she said I'm it. I'm sure it's not. Here's the I'm thing. I that it's not. literally, I will block anybody who comes at me saying that the Raimi trilogy is now part of the MCU. Just leave me alone. It's not. <laughs> I think um, I wouldn't. I, I mean, actually, it makes me wonder. Again, this is all conspiracy bullshit. I mean, so it is and it knows, isn't, but, but I don't need it. I don't need but, the, like, Princess Leia is a Disney princess type arguments <laughs> of Raimi as MCU. Like, just, yeah. I don't want it. Well, no, I was saying, like, it's it's this is kind of conspiracy bullshit, but I, I wonder if, like, it was sort of this weird compromise where, like, 
Amy Pascal or Sony or whoever the fuck was like, can we please get a Venom reference in your Spider-Man movie? People would love it. And, and you know, Kevin Feige or whoever the fuck is sort of like, yeah, people would love a Venom reference, but we only want to have Venom in our movie if we make it very clear that it's not the MCU universe. And yeah. Sony's like, uh, fine, I guess we'll do that, you know? It just makes it so, it puts a period on that question. Like, mm-hmm. it's no longer a question. It's like a statement, which is wild. It's been a question this whole time of are these part of the same universe? The only other thing, oh God, oh, I do not want to go down this rabbit hole, but like, what if I, it's possible that maybe with this sort of like multiverse tetralogy that we've been getting with like WandaVision and then Loki and Spider-Man and then yeah. the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness, maybe it sort of becomes its own What's sort of the crisis. Fifth one? Te- tetralogy is four. So wouldn't Doctor that be Strange a quadrilogy? No, quadrilogy is a, is a word that the alien um, collection made up for that. That's not a real word as far as I know. It's actually tetralogy. Oh, weird. What I, I mean, read. people have adopted quadrilogy yeah, to the point I like that I don't quadrilogy. even know I think that it's it wasn't a, funny, a word. I think it's a fun word. I mean, I guess it is technically now because people use it enough. Both of them mean four, so we're both saying the same thing. That's but, weird, though. Doesn't tetra mean five? Um, I think it's penta that means five. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway. whatever. All I was saying is that, like, leading up to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to do, like, the DC Crisis thing where they end up like fusing different universes together no. to consolidate and then that's how they bring in the Sony universe and then Morbius takes place after that and that's why Spider-Man's in that universe or something. No. I know. I don't want it. I don't want it. Maybe leave that clear. I think that bullshit is fucking stupid and is only needed and used should only be used if you really are legitimately trying to clean up a fucking mess, which the DC shows had to do and DC comics had to do. Um, I don't think you but should that, be like leading up to that a story point. Right. Right. Um, I'm hoping that that's not what they're planning to do, but that would be a solution to all of those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't even want to think about that cause I don't like that stuff, but uh, yeah. whatever. Um, and <laughs> I don't want to leave this movie on that note. Any other, any other general thoughts or anything? No, it's just, it was, it was cool. I mean, like the big highlights are just like, we got to see all three Spider-Men interact and they fucking ruled at it. Yeah. Like that to me is, is, is the big takeaway is that like getting to see those three was as cool as everybody told me it would be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. I had a blast watching it in theaters. I, it did not feel as long as it was because it was, gets going right from the get-go and I think it's paced out actually pretty well considering how much shit is packed into this movie. Um, plenty of quibbles that we talked about, but most of them honestly are pretty kind of minor in the grand scheme of things. I think this movie is aiming to have may, let you have fun, let you go on a nostalgia trip, give you a bunch of fan service that you would, would never get in most other movies. And I got all of that yeah. <laughs> and had a blast and am excited to revisit it many times probably. Yeah, 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 it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Go see it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, if you're on our Patreon listening to this right now, um, you can ignore what I'm about to say. But if you're not on our Patreon, you could have gotten this like the weekend that this movie came out. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing? Why don't you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers um, and also join our Discord, which we'll have a link for in the show notes if you want to chat with us about this movie oh, or any other Spider-Man. Sure thing, folks right? are going to be talking about this in the Discord. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that they will. Um, otherwise, where can we find you, 
in on the internet, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on a Pokemon podcast called Victory Road uh, here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network and a books and gaming podcast called Novel Gaming uh, that I do with my friends Katie and Vicky. What about you, Derek? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. And you know what? Since this is going to hit the main feed on the first of the year, patrons will hear it early. So I've had not figured out my wording for this yet. So this is going to be the Ooh first time la that I la. plug my new podcast, uh, which is called Gimmicks. Um, I'm planning to drop the trailer for it on the 3rd of January. So by the time this episode comes out, I believe that trailer will have dropped already. Nice. Um, so uh, you should be able to hear that trailer and then a new episode. The first two episodes will, will drop the week after that. Um, if you can't find it on Apple Podcasts yet, it should be available eventually because, you know, it takes a while uh, for those shows to show yeah. up. But you should be able to search for it on podcast platforms. But that is a new podcast that looks at the high concept, experimental, structure breaking gimmick episodes of television, different episode of TV every time with a different guest. Um, and uh, I'm excited to, to launch that. Um, already got a few episodes. Uh, ready and waiting so like I said if you're on the Patreon you'll have to wait a couple of weeks before that comes out but if you're listening to this on the main feed head on over to uh, to Gimmicks Pod on Twitter or Instagram Ooh. and follow there and uh, look me up wherever you get your podcasts nice to find more from us you can check out our monthly podcast Falling with Style an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically our episode on Inside Out is out now wherever you get your podcasts and you can find that and all of our episodes on our website wallopingwebsnappers.com follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com please rate, review and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms and then next week we are going back to our favorite Spider Woman <laughs> Spider Woman that's a bold thing for you to decide for me <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited to be going back to uh, Spider-Woman. We are going to be talking about Spider-Woman episode five entitled The Kingpin Strikes Again. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Very Strikes again. Did he strike the first time? I don't know. I guess he's coming back <laughs> for the first time. Coming back for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> See, See you then. Then.